Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. You're listening to Denver Orbit, featuring voices. I'm going to give you an awkwardly long and uncomfortable list of reasons why you shouldn't shave outside. Stories. Now, he was very outspoken about the effects of, of war on himself. In music from Colorado's creative community. Listen at DenverOrbit.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or most other podcast apps. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Jonathan Tiersten from The Perfect House and Sleepaway Camp, and you are listening to The Real Nerds Podcast. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Comic Con 2018 and beyond. We have a full crew with us today. I'm Ryan. With me is James, Brad, Zach, Corinne, and behind my shoulder, like a conscience, like Jiminy Cricket, is Henry. That's even funnier because there's a delay, so <laughs> it is. that you won't hear when you listen to the show. Because Brad's unfortunately going to like, meticulously go through and patch his audio in. Of course. Yeah. I, I'm we need that a sound good. You poor thing. Yeah. It's so, um, in order to sound good, Zach, don't say anything for the rest of the show, <laughs> um, and we're good to go. Every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie, and we podcast our experience of the world. This week, we saw Henry. Dance Academy, the movie. Yes, Dance Academy, the movie, starring... Um, All of those, the original cast dance members Channing in the TV Tatum. show. <laughs> Channing Tatum, together, and who's that other girl who was always in? Amber Heard. Was she in them? Mm, I have no uh, wasn't idea. Wasn't she in one of them? Never we don't watch down. those movies. Um, but uh, Step Up, Volume 2. The Streets. Was it Julia Stiles? I think it was Julia Stiles. No, Julia Stiles was in Save the Last Dance. Come on. Oh, that's right. Where she's learning how to dance from, like, the black guy. Wait a minute, yeah. but she's white. What was the Mary Elizabeth Remember, that, Winstead that, that, one? That was selling a movie back then. What was the Mary Elizabeth Winstead one? Stamped? Oh. Stomp? Stomp. Stomp the, Stomp the Yard? Stomp no, it wasn't Stomp the Yard. Yeah, that was... I don't know if that was her. Oh, you she, know, we have no, this great thing called Alba the Google machine that we can look at. <laughs> yeah, but, but my computer's over there sitting on a shelf so that Henry can look at us. Uh, iPad out so All he right, can whatever. find out for us. Uh, this week we saw Red Sparrow. Stay tuned to the end of the episode where we will review Red Sparrow and spoil it. Uh, we should, we'll yes. say if you should uh, watch it or not, and then we'll play the trailer, and then we'll talk about the film. We also talk about movies we've been watching, um, awesome movies that are coming out on Blu-ray this week, which there is yeah. a really awesome one. Yeah, this is an expensive did res- week. Did you reserve your steelbook? Because it's awesome. I did. For... for Thor. Oh yeah, it's it's actually in my mailbox right now. Nice. Cool. Um, um, am I looking up Stomp the Yard? Uh, no, I you're we're looking, looking up, up Mary Elizabeth Winstead's yeah. dance film. 
Okay, well, it's just called Mary Elizabeth Winston, <laughs> which was not Smash because that's her drunk film. Does not have her in it, so no, I, that I know we'll that. We'll move on from there. Uh, well, let's talk about movie news and uh, stuff we've been watching. Cool. So, so and we'll, eat snacks. And eat snacks. Oh yeah, Corinne's here, so there's I always have like snacks. food and stuff. And they're weird. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, because it's from the natural grocers. What? What is that? I see so my friend went to. I hope nobody has nut allergies. My friend goes we down to Arizona well, does, for two months really every year. Thanks, Corinne. And sends me back some weird, like Mexican candies. What? Yeah. So they have they squinkles. Squinkles. <laughs> and then these like weird peanut candy things. I, I just know it's a peanut, and he looks very happy. Dulce enchilada el And he doesn't en look stuck tiras. up like Mr. Planters. It's, uh, Sabor it's sandia. Like or yeah. I can just read the English translation right below it. <laughs> you can. I'm like, I'm like going through my Spanish. I'm like, I know these words. Hand <laughs> uh, me one of the nutty ones. I want to see what those are. Saludos Well, all kinds of sugar. Yep. Nice. I can so, attest that Sina- squinkles are weird. Sinaloense. It's got a p- peanut man on it. Make it happen? Is that the movie? <laughs> Make it happen is the movie. Yeah. yeah Thank okay. you. I've never even heard of it. It's no from one has. 2008. Mary Elizabeth so after Die Hard. Yeah, that sounds about right. Do you want to read uh, Grindhouse? The like worst review of it. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Somehow I don't feel like you're being honest. <laughs> I am. What you want? Honest. I liked that segment of the show last episode. Thank you, Henry. <laughs> I appreciate your efforts. Was that on the Annihilation episode? Or no, it was... I uh, know it was on when I came on for Black before. Panther. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Make It Happen is a spinoff of, St- of Step Up. Spinoff? Wait, Make It Happen is a spinoff? Oh, no, it's co-written by the guy who created... Oh, yeah, it's two. all the same people. <laughs> He's like, how am I going to get the rest of this out? Yeah. Oh, man, the number of behind the step-up movies is getting too big. I, 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 I got to find another way to make the same movie again. <laughs> I got I, I to gotta make a spin-off. What, what do I do? Yeah. Oh, Tessa Thompson's also in it. We're really lucky in Colorado. We have two Alamo Draft House. We do. This is what's playing at the Alamo Draft House this week. Hello. Hi, I'm Kevin Smith. Hi, I'm Leonard Maltin. Hi, I'm Mark Hamill. Hi, I'm Elijah Wood. This is Seth Rogen. I'm Christopher Mitz-Bloss. I'm Martin Starr. Welcome to the Alamo Draft House. Since it's Monday, we'll skip Monday. Uh, on Tuesday at Little Gin, they're showing The Big Lebowski. Um, overrated. <coughs> hey, that movie's still good, though. Yeah. Just don't watch it with other people. Because most of those people suck. It's just like everyone loves it so much now that... Yeah. Why can't I just like things and people are like, oh, it's a good well, movie. Can. So Ryan's a hipster. Yeah, you Is that can. What I'm you just have to like it in a closet. No, I'm opposite of a hipster because if I was a hipster, then I'd be like, oh, I like Big Lebowski. I'm, I'm pretty much since it came out, like in 2002. Yeah. Which My is, other favorite is wrong. Is, exactly. <laughs> That's the hipster joke. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Catch up to me. I like the Coen brothers, so. I know I'm fast. You got to no. catch up. It, it, it is good. It just gets overplayed. I, I agree. Catch him if you can. Fairly sure Deacon <laughs> shot that one. I don't know if it was I think so. I one didn't of the look ones where he left or something, but yeah. he does that every so often. Uh, on Wednesday, The Littleton is having Clue movie party. Ooh. It's already sold out, I guess. Isn't That's a great it? movie. It wouldn't surprise me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it's not a quote along. Uh, Sloan's Lake on Thursday is showing Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure with Jane Whedon. Ooh. Ooh. Excellent. One of the fair maidens. And also Electroma Disico with Jane Whedon as well. The, there you go. This is and a celebration uh, of her life. Or Weedlin? I don't. I think it's Weedlin. Yeah, it's an L in there. 
It's really like put together. Wedland. She is English. There we go. Wedland, maybe. Uh, Rocky Mountain Pro on Friday presents Terminator 2 Judgment Day with live wrestling. Ooh. Ooh. That's cool. The Tattered Covered Bookstore is presenting Monty Python and the Holy Grail with Charlie Lovett. I hope one of the wrestlers is a robot man. Uh, Mile High Roast is doing Indecent Proposal, which is a garbage movie. (laughs) Uh, and the Barfly has Downtime, Maybe Baby, and the Bitch Boys and DJ Details. Those are bands. Yep. Uh, Saturday, Littleton is showcasing PBS Kids, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Aww. And they're also doing Initial D Legend 3, Dream. I'm guessing that's some sort of anime. Uh, Initial D, yeah. Uh, Sloan's Lake is showing Fantastic Planet with King Eddie Music video premiere. Wow, that's cool. Um and on Sunday, we're going to see uh, Pretty Garden Sailor Moon, the musical, La Mouvement. Yes, now, we are. That's literally what it says. It's like the, English, the, then the in movement, French, and the then English of, again. The movement, the movement of the moon. Uh, Real Genius will be at Littleton as well. Cool. Um, at Sloan's Lake, uh, Yumcha presents The Assassin. Denver Science Film Festival presents Spies. Denver's Actor Fund presents the 39 Steps. Ooh. Ooh. Wait, which of the seven versions? Uh, it says with Miner's Alley's Playhouse, so I'm not sure. I don't know. So it didn't say like... Oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. And that's what's playing at the Alamo Draft House. Cool. Brad, nice. take us around town in your tuk-tuk. Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. See, folks, Tuck Tuck is a traditional. This is great. This is great, Ryan. <laughs> Brad? No, no, keep going. What was it? <laughs> it's a traditional <laughs> means of transportation in the Orient. I think it's in the Philippines, isn't it? It is. Like a rickshaw? Do you mean rickshaw? Yeah. Well, no, they're also called Tuck Tucks. Is it the Thailand ones or Tuck Tucks? Something like I don't that. Know. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. Right. It's wheels, like a guy or a horse pulls it, or a car. Mm-hmm. Something pulls it. No, like I think you're thinking man. of a rickshaw. I don't think that's... Let's look up what a tuk-tuk is. <laughs> <laughs> See? I think a tuk-tuk's motorized. I think so. The Midnight at the Esquire this week is Cowboy Bebop the movie. Dope. March 9th and 10th. Uh, it is Japanese with English subtitles. Oh, cool. Um, so if you can stay up reading. Nope. That might be an option for you. And then the following weekend, March 16th and 17th, is Jumanji. Uh, the original? The Robin Williams one, yes. Cool. It's a movie about a game. Now the game comes to you. And then, of course, I will repeat that uh, March 27th is Open Screen Night. Uh, send in your videos to OpenScreenNight.com, um, and then come down to the Bug Theater at 7 o'clock to watch them and have fun with us and win prizes, cool. possibly. Um, and if you can make a 2-10 to ten minute Why video... Why wouldn't they win prizes? Huh? Well, if you don't get the winning raffle their, ticket, their then you don't... Their video might be bad. Oh, I get what you're saying now. Sorry. Yeah. I thought you meant like win prizes, possibly. Yeah, I mean... Uh, there may or may not be prizes. Video submitters can win greater prizes, but even just showing up, you can get a raffle ticket uh, and uh, maybe win some yeah. like little smaller prizes. Gotcha. So, but again, you have to have the winning ticket. So yeah, and if you can make a two to ten minute video about the Wild West that includes the line, this town ain't big enough for the both of us. Well, that's then, how the cockfight cock fight started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then you can get uh, maybe $50 from Real Nerds. So. Some cocks are bigger than others. <laughs> some shoot straighter, some shoot harder. 
Which side of the law are you going to be on? Damn it. Big Slightly bent to the left or straight on? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to turn their mics off. I'm just Apologies to James's mother. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she thinks I'm funny. She told me. <laughs> she also probably thinks you're pretty crude. Mm-hmm. She does. Yeah. She does. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's what's going on around town. Hmm. I wonder if there's any movie news this week. It's real news. Uh, cool. Uh, Kevin James almost said, "James, dude, rude." <laughs> Kevin Smith. Uh, yeah, Kevin Smith almost died, um, but he's fine. Yeah, his, uh, uh, I'm I'm glad to know that he. It was it was interesting to read his his message where he basically said like man if I hadn't canceled the next the next uh, show that he was about to do um, just because he didn't quite feel right he would be dead yeah. um, which is pretty miraculous so uh, uh, glad that he's okay can't remember the acronym but that artery widowmaker widowmaker the widowmaker one was it was completely clogged so um, yeah it it was weird seeing that at like four in the morning and then suddenly getting texts from people from the board going like did you hear what happened and I'm like. Yeah, calm down, man. He's 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 in ICU right now in Glendale. I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, well. yeah. Um, there's also, I actually don't have this one pulled up, but you know, uh, Stanley has pneumonia right now, and there's a whole hubbub about the fact that they recently fired the guy who has been taking care of him and his wife for a long time, mm. and he has pneumonia but isn't in the hospital. Um, so hopefully, whoever is involved in making sure that Stanley is okay, make sure that Stanley is okay. Hopefully, it's um, not Conrad Murray. Yeah, a lot of the people who, like, are... Uh, Michael Jackson joke? Hello? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, I don't give a shit about Michael I think Jackson. they should call Patch Adams. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess it started because Neil Adams said that he, who while, while he can usually get a hold of Stan Lee, was not able to, like, get through to him, and, and so people are just sort of concerned right now. So, mm-hmm. um, Lewis Gilbert passed away this uh, week, who was the director of Alfie and some James Bond films. Some of, like, the Roger Moore ones. Yeah. Uh, but he was 97, so good for him. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah. That's a nice age to be there. Uh, but speaking of things that died this week, uh, a dream died this week. And got born <sighs> into something different. No, 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 no. It just died this week. Uh, when they, when Disney basically said, hey, we're going to make Rocketeer into like a kid's TV show f- on Disney Junior. <laughs> 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 I haven't heard this news. It's so funny to hear you say it. <laughs> but, what if, but what if the animation is cool, like Art Deco-style animation? I'm so glad you're here. No, the truth is, I actually think this could be really cool, too. Uh, it's obviously not what I want. If anything, part of what died this week is just my love of the joke. Hey, did you guys hear the news that they're making a sequel? Not a reboot, but a sequel to it's The Rocketeer. Rocketeer. <laughs> um, well, what if it takes the animated series takes place immediately after the movie? It's entirely possible that this doesn't actually kill the other movie either, or that they're not still working with the franchise. <laughs> um, in in fact, if they make a TV sh- uh, a cartoon show for kids and it's kind of popular, maybe they'll make a big movie. Yeah, out of they've got to grow their um, fan base now, like, a, right, like exactly. planting planting a pot, planting, yeah, feeding it with water. I mean, because there's not much of a fan base. There's a lot of people who think the art's really cool yeah. and maybe read some of it, but you know, it's pulpy. Like, it's, yeah. it's an acquired taste. So, so anyway. Uh, disappointing, but hopefully it'll all be okay. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Uh, we all get to watch Avengers sooner. Yep. Sweet. This is pretty exciting. Um, <laughs> That's because the they're like, they man, w- this movie's so awesome, we can put it out whenever we want. This is also because they were like, man, there's fucking nothing coming out this summer, so why don't we just move this shit up a little bit? 
Um, I like the Twitter exchange between Robert Downey Jr. and yeah. Marvel. Mm-hmm. The way they revealed it was really He's good. Like, uh, everyone? <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like all my friends to get to see it early. Also, it's kind of bullshit that like overseas they get it earlier than we do. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah no, I mean, we're the, America. That's right. We're home America. of cat. We made everything. Yeah. We are home of cat. <laughs> I want to be. I want to be oh. Robert Downey Jr. You know, you're the coolest guy in the world. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I haven't actually said it yet. So they moved the release date up to the 27th, yeah. um, April so, 27th. Yeah, so we'll get to see it one week earlier. So, so we have to fly to LA <laughs> one week earlier. Oh. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. By the way, is there a secret I don't know about? Actually, there no. is, and we've been completely oh. screwing it up week after week. We did not see Black Panther early. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I so, thought it was kind of obvious. Like, you guys well, of course were you, did, you were part of it because you, so you knew know. it was yeah, your like, idea. Yeah. Anyway. Oh yeah. yeah okay. So so it sort of started, and then Brad and I couldn't figure out how to finish the joke. <laughs> well, we did because so it, it just is a bad joke. It just sat out there. <laughs> well, no, it, Henry was very convinced. Like, hey, we should because there was a there was a like leaked early screening or something in New York the night that we in were Brooklyn, there. Yeah. What was the story, Henry? It was, uh, well, y'all, while y'all were, like, driving into New York, you, like, text me being, like, are there any, like, cool, like, new releases that we can see early? And so I looked, and there wasn't, because it was fucking February. And, uh, basic, and so, but there was one showing in Brooklyn that I'm sure was, like, a mistake on the, on the, like, the theater's website that said they were showing Black Panther. And so I was like, hey, they might be showing Black Panther, and so we could trek all the way into deep Brooklyn to go to not see Black Panther. And then we all kind of collectively agreed that was a bad idea. And yeah. then, like, an hour later, we were like, hey, let's just tell them we saw Black uh, Panther. We, we nothing. This was a you thing. And then I'm the one who did it, probably just because I'm the one who's most trustworthy. I think it was either you or Brad said, oh, it shouted me. out on text, that's what we saw. It was me. Okay. And then the uh, next step of the plan we was just, to say that we it would we would make up oh, stuff, and right. when, when we saw the movie, we would say we saw a different cut. That's right, make it even more yes. special. But then we forgot to do that on the episode. Yeah, no, you did. You referenced yeah, you said something one about thing. an Adam scene or, or Adam Warlock scene. Yeah, for like yeah. one sentence before the review, right? Supposed be, to like because be we drawn forgot out. that we were going to talk about yeah, it. We we're so blown away by Black Panther. Yeah, no, that's actually exactly what it so, was. I'm glad that's just out there now because i'm tired of like thinking about it oh my gosh it's been weighing on brad's conscious this yeah. whole time i forgot that that was even a thing there were so many sleepless nights that brad had where he was like i didn't see black panther i didn't see black panther <laughs> i lied to my <laughs> friends <laughs> and i was lying in bed every night those motherfuckers saw black panther didn't tell me where <laughs> didn't they, didn't, me. they didn't invite me to fly to new york there's just floating heads of you and me going like tell the truth 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 <laughs> jacob marley no. <laughs> uh speaking of people with bad consciences uh, so the Weinstein Company this week was trying to get sold and then couldn't, and so it filed for Chapter 11, and then it is apparently getting bought by an investment firm for five hundred million led dollars, entirely by women. Um, the uh, I think a hundred and seventy-five or uh, either one twenty-five or one seventy-five of the purchase price is going to pay off debts that they have. Um, it requires that Bob Weinstein leave the company. Uh, obviously yep. Harvey's not there anyway already. Yep, and Bob um, needed to leave anyway. 
And then Bob gets to take the Dimension title with him, but he doesn't get to take any of the catalog with him. So they have all of the Weinstein catalog. It just means that he can make a Dimension film. What's, what's and then he owns the you know. Uh, that's that's not going to work for him. But okay, no, sure, yeah. Take 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 your take your valueless garbage, Bob. Right. No yes. one wants you anymore. Uh, but at least they book. you know the that that team has the because um, they have all the stuff. Catalog. They would have the screams. They'd have like all the stuff that Rob did with them. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah, yeah, no, they have I the know, entire like, catalog. Barely, yeah. Where's that put? Clerks. Clerks puts them with the uh, with with the with the purchase out. So it's yeah. th- Bob doesn't get anything in that realm. No, 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 no. No one takes anything with them. Yeah. So everything that Weinstein owns, which was about five hundred films that they owned the rights to, um, stays with this investment group. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like they are. So the investment group is all headed up by women. Uh, and it sounds like they are carving out certain portions of profits to actually pay back people who were harmed and certain things like that. Yeah. Uh, but as far as like what the details are, the- there, we theoretic- don't know, and probably shouldn't know. Theoretically, if if they're cooperative or like willing to work with the filmmakers, you if you made a movie for Miramax, you might be able to get the rights to your movie back. Yeah, as far as where where that stuff goes. Yeah, you know. and as far as purchase price, that's a whole different matter. But yeah. They seem a lot more willing to negotiate with people than when it's cur- than be, the people who ran that company. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they choose to sell off the rights to different companies mm-hmm. and then take that money and either either have that be the worth for their investment, like the the ROI for their investment, or part of what they're giving back to victims, um, mm-hmm. one way or the other. And then the other thing is they, they could just hold on to them and make the the you know whatever revenue you can make off of that catalog. Uh, moving forward, because you know we don't really know what right. what all value is there. So, but that um, yeah, we'll so see. like yeah, for a while you won't see those. You'll, you'll see those titles in limbo before they get any other kind of release. So, but at least that company's dead, so that's good. Yep. James, the I'll investment ask, company. I'll ask the question. I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're um, good. You can, I'll ask the help question it. that uh, we're all dancing around. How does this affect Spy Kids Five? <laughs> because this is something that. It's uncertain now, and I need to Uh, know. It actually affects that movie in no way. Didn't realize they'd made a Spy Kids (laughs) four. They did. Joel McHale was the main character. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it was four D. Remember, you got. I mean, I never went, but you'd get the three D glasses and like scratchy scratches. Scratches. Yeah, yeah. scratch and sniff. Odorama. It wasn't good. It wasn't good four D. It was scratch and sniff four D. There was one part of the film where it says scratch and sniff here to see what the diaper smells like, and everyone said no. So (laughs) (laughs) that's how that went. So. It didn't work for John Waters in the oh, 80s, man. and it didn't work in the 2000s. Because <laughs> he did an Odorama movie. Rodriguez is, is a weird guy with a weird career. Sorry, Craig. God bless him, though. He does what he wants to do. I was just going to ask, is the investment group based in Themyscira? Mm, I have no oh, idea. that'd be so sweet. <laughs> Probably not. Because it's a mess. That's a Wonder Woman reference for anybody yeah. who doesn't get it. Yeah. James is, for some reason, like crushing people's dreams today. What? What if there is a Themyscira? We just don't know because we can't see it. Okay, you're right. Maybe, maybe it's <laughs> you know right. don't, don't crush people's dreams. You're right. Maybe it, maybe it is. Well, yeah. that's why I said I think it's headed up by Buffy. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because she's a real person. She is. Yeah. She's the chosen one. Eh. Eh. What else is This is what you James? usually don't see as I, as I skip past news that I'm like, eh, do, do I really want to talk about Black Hole again? <laughs> no, I'll talk about Black Hole when they actually make that movie. Should we talk about the trailer that came out during the Oscars last night? We should. It's coming up. Eh. Fuck you, Zach. 
Uh, I'm just I'm just zooming through. What, what was, oh, what was so we got uh, we got uh, a trailer for the new Rick and Ralph, which looks pretty okay. Yeah, I like Rick and Ralph. That'll be a, that'll trailer. be exciting. Neither did I. I still haven't seen the first film yet, but that's going to change this week. Oh yeah, you should see that. Yeah. Uh, but totally overshadowed is the fact that we got a trailer for Mary Poppins Returns. I love Emily Blunt. Have I yeah. ever said that? Um, <laughs> oh my gosh, she, she looks great. <laughs> a little nefarious there at the end. I know like, it's like when the little... when the mirror one ha- like didn't move. I was like, wait, is this gonna well, is she is this is this gonna be like Muppets Most Wanted, but for Mary Poppins where she comes back and she's actually like an, an evil version of her? <laughs> no, no she an evil she's mole been a for witch that. the whole time. <laughs> what we find no. out, she's been a witch the whole she's time. She's a time oh, lord. Oh, okay. Lord. That would work. Well, or time lady. Wasn't However like one of the biggest problems that uh, the author had with Disney's version of Mary Poppins is it was too like kid friendly. Oh yeah, and, and she was a little mm-hmm. more had a little more edge to her. Yeah, yes. I mean that's I'm just going off what Saving Mr. Banks told me. So right, be like a or didn't type. tell you really. Yeah. Um, that movie taught me that Tom Hanks was Walt Disney. <laughs> he's gonna play every American. <laughs> yep. I think it. it uh, yeah, he is. Every every beloved guy or every guy that like. You know, children love. He's going to eventually play. Yep. You know, because now that he's doing the uh, Mr. Rogers, Mr. Rogers yeah. movie, does that mean yeah. he's going to play Goku in a live-action Dragon Ball Z movie? No, that'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'd pay I to would, see it. Children love Bill Bradley. Bill <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Ben> Bradley. <laughs> yeah, sure. You you know, you always wanted to grow up, chomp a cigar, and tell people to find the Watergate Papers. I mean, yeah. I didn't know that was a guy until that movie. <laughs> yeah. Last thing I have is that the uh, the Oscars were yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah, which was pretty interesting. the The greatest thing, as far as I'm concerned, that happened. So, was, Brad, why do you hate the Oscars so? Was much? that Roger Deakins <laughs> actually finally won after 14 nominations? Yeah, uh, which is very well deserved, and his speech was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, where he was like, "Hey, this is for all those people who work really hard. My wife, whatever." And then he left. Yep. <laughs> now, you know, it's whatever. But then I yeah. like me and my wife. Because it's ra- always around our anniversary, kind of like make a thing like, oh, let's watch yeah. the Oscars. And I mean, I'm just you have a really like sweet story as to why you do that. Yeah, so I, so, I understand. Like we have it on in the background, and I'm just fucking around on my phone. And they, um, well, my wife was listening to one of her bitch podcasts. <laughs> That's why I call it. It's, <laughs> it's called bitch pet. Uh, all these girls cast. do is complain. I can't. It's like the Real Housewives, but they do podcasting. It's oh my uh, lord, super obnoxious. Do they throw wine at each other? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they can't afford one. Anyway, she likes it. Whatever. She, I guess they do beauty. I don't even. Like, I tune it out. And so I'm just messing around, and they're like, uh, best original screenplay, and the winner is Get Out. I was like, what? Yep. Like, that <laughs> blew my mind. I actually yeah. could not believe that movie won that mm-hmm. prize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Maybe that was the consolation for not giving it best picture. Well, yeah. that and giving best picture to Shape of Water. Movie. I mean, in, uh, this is the first time I've seen a lot of genre at the top of the list. Yeah. And you can tell, just, and, a, and a sci-fi film got cinematography. Yeah, which by the happens, by the nominations, but. you can tell like the voters are younger. Yeah, because you know if you follow the Hollywood Reporter like I do, they have what they call. Um, also, Harvey Weinstein. Should no I get longer... you a trade, sir? Yeah. <laughs> also, this is the first year that Harvey Weinstein is not making a huge impact on how voting True. affects the yeah, a lot Os- of Academy very, Awards. Very little mud was slung this year. Yeah, uh, but they have on their website. They always have like brutally honest um, Oscar ballot. And this one dude, you could tell he's some cranky old white fucker. It's he said, "Get out's not even an Oscar movie," mm-hmm. uh, and he was pissed because he said that Jordan Peele and uh, what's the lead actor's name, Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel yeah. Kaluuya. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going around saying about being, 
you know, black and how hard it is. And he's like, he's not even African American. He's American. He's from Britain. So it that's takes not where racism yeah, like, exists. And I said, so you you vote against them because you don't. And he kept on saying it was a B movie. I'm like, hmm. Some of the voters were like. Because there's there's Netflix nominations, they're like, oh Netflix, I would never vote for that for a film like no, it's still oh, yeah. a but, film. But, but who are these fucking people? You know what I mean? Like who are the Academy Old people? Codgers. Yeah. Is it with eighty thousand members, old and young? Well, I know or, who they or, are, or, but who or, are they? Right? <laughs> who are well, these what, motherfuckers that say they, this? Where do their brains come from? Yes. And what's the ones that it? are saying that are angry because they didn't get their insurer for dinner and <laughs> they missed Matlock. Well, or, or because that negative, <laughs> or because it negatively affects their actual like job and market, right? Like, there's a lot of people whose jobs isn't necessarily safe when you have somebody like Netflix coming in and making a whole bunch of movies and TV show. So, see, you know. see, this is a tear running down. Oh no, my face. I don't give a shit. Yeah, because the Oscars. These are the same people who were so excited for change in the '70s with American New Wave, and it's like, okay, guys, here's another step. Deal with it. And, you know, really the only thing I had a problem with in this Oscars, and it's all irrelevant, but, um, you know. Is that there wasn't a reaction shot for Joel Cohen when Roger Deakins won? I no. Know. <laughs> um, so they're doing the Me Too movement, the Time's Up, and they get fucking Kobe Bryant a fucking Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's up there he's like, oh, I'm so happy. I paid off some woman that I raped. Fuck him. Yeah. I hate I, that motherfucker. <laughs> and he's talking about how, like. I play basketball. My life is so hard. Well, didn't Gary Oldman's ex-wife accuse him of sexual assault no, or harassment or something? Yeah. No, yeah. there was just domestic abuse. But even domestic that, like, abuse. that could have come up before the voting ended. Like, it's it's interesting, like, how very little mud was slung this year because Harvey was not involved. Well, yeah. Because he was the but, primary one doing it. <laughs> but rape somebody. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. And I also was, has nothing to fucking do with the Oscars. <laughs> like... Set all of that aside. Give it to... I mean, just give something to Greta Gerwig. Like, yeah. a woman who actually deserved an Oscar this year. Like, why are we giving a man who plays basketball an Oscar? I seriously think Lady Bird should have won Best Picture. Shape of Water's uh, great, but yeah. I think um, Lady Bird I mean, is... I, I, I thought, mean, I thought Homecoming the, was even nominated. I thought the politics led <laughs> that way. Um, but, he, yeah. he did present an award with Zendaya, He though. did. It was adorable. He did. Um, no, it was, it was cool seeing Get Out and Shape of Water win, though, because I liked that. It doesn't break the, the, the glass ceiling of horror films at the Oscars, but... It's, it's, it's unusual enough that I... I mean, one, that Shape of Water was nominated for so many. And deserves yeah. it. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but... Oh, it's a monster it's, movie. <laughs> yeah, it's good but, for them. And it's a, it's a movie with a whole lot of messages that mm-hmm. very much align with what the Academy wants to put forward this year. And, you know... I was actually thinking about it. Like, it's if you brilliant. Look at, it's beautiful. If you think of Shape of Water, like, in terms of those old Universal movies, it hits almost every beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Get Out winning Best Original Screenplay. Like, I, I mean, I had no grand delusions. I didn't think it was going to win Best Picture. I didn't think it was going to win the, anything. The, o- the only... Well, and see, that's the thing, like, that on my Oscar ballot... I had a choice between that or Lady Bird, and I just went with Get Out because of the WGA award. But it could have easily gone to Greta Gerwig, and I would have been fine with that because Lady Bird was solid, man. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, they played that scene at the beginning for Laurie Metcalf where she's arguing Uh, with her daughter and she jumps out of the car. So good. Love that moment. And then for her, they did the the scene where they're in the thrift store arguing, and then she holds Uh, up the dress. mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, great job. I did like it, that they didn't do the throughout the ceremony. They didn't show like a preview from each film throughout the ceremony. They just did it at the very end. Like they just shoved it all to the end. This was a year where I wish they could have just given away two best supporting actress awards oh, it's high. because both yeah. Laurie Metcalf and Allison Janney are 
more than deserving. So 2.5 because Allison Janney's bird co-star. For sure. <laughs> Do you think it's sexist to even split it into best actor and best actress? Like it should just be best actor? Absolutely. It's all sexist. <laughs> Patriarchy, man. No, Wasn't I'm not the disagreeing. There's, there's no best female director. There's no yeah. best well, female costume designer. Well, and as those lines get blurred, how do you define it? If Eddie Izzard ever gets nominated for an Oscar, what category does he go into? So would you say best everything? <laughs> uh, there was, I think I'm having the Critics' Choice. There was some major award show recently that like eliminated that last hmm. year, where there was just like best performance. Uh, and best yeah, you're right. Is it the... Um... I think it's a critic's choice. I think you're right. <laughs> I think it was like Emma Watson won for uh, mm. best best performance for uh, something. Best yeah. performance? Probably the, the circle. circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> best I performance from an Beauty actor or actress with a uh, uh, feminine bent. And then mm. you... <laughs> I don't hate the Oscars. I just hate people that glorify it or mm. reduce it by saying like, ah, oh, this movie should have won. Like, nope. Every movie nominated had a chance to win and just didn't. Yeah. I actually, and there's movies that didn't get nominated that deserve to win. It's, it's just it's, it's an a, industry party. It's a popular it's a popular vote ballot with the exception of the best picture which is a diff- a preferential ballot. So I, I there I, are votes. Like I, it, no one's rigging this shit. I love the fact I lo- I love the way that the WG or the yeah, the WJ is do or the um the DG is do it where everyone who gets nominated gets the award and then they just sort of pick one that there is their highlight but like everyone won that year Mm -hmm. uh, and they're really just making it a celebration of those films and saying like hey you all did amazing jobs this year this is really great work yeah like that is more what I wish it was right Um, yeah but yeah sorry did I kick you Um, yeah (laughs) it was interesting my biggest frustration ultimately though was in in the montage they showed a clip of Texas Chainsaw Massacre and in the in memoriam Toby Hooper isn't even fucking mentioned Thanks. Or Adam West. I heard Michael Parks wasn't either. Yeah, yeah, Michael Parks wasn't either. That's another fucking one that I'm going to have to add to my Powers history. Booth yeah. wasn't on there. Mm-mm. Powers Booth was missing? Man. Mm-hmm. Who did this John song? Ga- John Gavin wasn't done it. Yeah, so. They missed a bunch. Oh, okay. What did, yeah. he, what did he think? Jeremy Spoken. He did not do no, Jeremy. He did. Maybe uh, they a only Tom have Petty like song. so much time and they have to prioritize yeah. it by oh, um, who, uh, who, yeah. who yeah. lived the longest, who had the most impact. Just shorten the sluds. Just make it. Everybody gets know. everybody gets a second. Yeah, they got George A. Romero on there. Yeah, they yeah. did. That, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah. I mean, what they're gonna have to do like the scrolling credits. I mean, they got yeah. they got Don Rickles on there too, which was nice. <laughs> they could have easily forgotten that old comedian. How'd you do on your scorecard, Zach? I got third place in the Alamo Denver Film Club's uh, thing, so I win a prize of some sort. Wow! Oh, nice. At least you got something. I mean, if you're second, you're the first loser. So well, yeah, third well, place, you got the something. only reason What's I the got for third, third place though. The, my score was 47 out of possible 59. The other two tied at forty nine each. So wow. that's pretty good. I, I, I thought I was good at twenty nine. It was the tech category. The it's everything. The everything else categories were two points each, and I missed six of them. And it was just it was four, either four or six of them. But and like, if you've seen his films, the tech categories way over his head. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh. I don't know visuals. Um, <laughs> no, um, actually, I I really thought the live action short was going to go to one called DeKalb Elementary just because of how everything's. And going with the Parkland stuff, I thought that would have affected voters. But it was my personal favorite of the live action shorts too. It's also, good... just as just, just, just like a quick, a brief thing, Dear Basketball is the worst short nominated for animated thing. It, it only won because his name's attached to it. It's it's whatever it is. I liked Lou from the the one they put in front of Cars Three. I thought that was good. Yeah, the Garden Party, which I haven't seen, looks really cool. Every time I hear Garden Party, I think of some like porn. <laughs> 
Come to the garden party. Suck on my corn on the cob. Yep. Wow. <laughs> so that wasn't even me this time. Henry David jo- What? You- oh, my goodness. Wait, is that your middle name? David? <laughs> no, I made that up. Okay. Anyway, yeah. Oscars. It's awesome <laughs> Yep. That's the news. Hey, Blu-rays are coming out this week. Cool ones. That I can't wait to Ragnarok. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Thor Ragnarok is out on Blu-ray this week and 4K. And you can get a Steelbook edition of it as well. Uh, which it sounds like Brad has already it's awesome has. Looking. They already posted the pictures for the Black Panther one. That one's badass, too. I, I already pre-ordered it. It's like uh, kind of like cool. watercolors or something. He's like breaking Ooh. through it. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, That's cool. Uh, Lady Bird is out on Blu-ray this week as well. So nice. if you missed it, Woo. now is your chance. I'm and you go, should. I might go pick it up now. Yeah, it's really great. Yeah. I do want to watch it again, even though I said I might not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder Wheel is out this week <sighs> on Blu-ray. Uh, that's the the Woody Allen one, right? Yeah. One of four Wonder movies that came out last year. <laughs> that's yeah, right. super weird. The Wonder Woman means so much. How can I make some money? <laughs> Wonder Wheel. Uh, on Blu-ray this week is the Man Who Invented Christmas, which is that Aww. that uh, Charles Dickens Jesus? movie. I'm gonna watch no, no, no. it, but I've no. heard it's garbage. It's about Charles Dickens. He invented Christmas. Well, I guess you got to watch the movie. <laughs> It's, it's not Jesus? bad. It's actually pretty know. okay. Charles Dickens um, is actually Jesus. I think their, po- their point is that in writing A Christmas Carol, he has defined so much of the the <laughs> lexicon surrounding Christmas, which I think is maybe a fair argument. But yeah. Charles, I mean, Jesus maybe just never wrote a, a book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Charles Dickens. Y'all should see it. It's a good movie. <laughs> Charles hey, Dan Stevens is a good Henry, job. Henry says we should see it. Oh, it's got Dan Stevens in it? Yeah, he plays the main character. Oh my goodness! Oh, okay, no, sure. I will watch that. I mean, it's really that. the social right. network, right. but put your in sass like back in your sass bags because Stan Stevens is in that movie. Hey, I can still be sassy and watch <laughs> and appreciate Dan Stevens. Brad, you had a comment? No, that's fine. It's, it's ill time now. No, <laughs> no, into the, into the mic, Brad. It's too far out. It's not going to work. I know it's too far out. That's why I need you to get closer to the mic. I meant the joke. The joke oh. doesn't work now because this is happening. Oh, gotcha. A Christmas. Uh, the Man Who Invented Christmas, what's that about? Here's uh, Charles Dickens sitting down to write the first draft of A Christmas Carol. It's time to put the dick back in Christmas. <laughs> oh, yep, I, I would have been fine without it. Would have been Not fine me. without Apologies it. Apologies to James's mom. Also, I heard that Christopher Plummer plays Scrooge in this one. Who did he replace? He must have replaced somebody. That's what he does, right? Scrooge McDuck? What? No, Christopher Plummer. Plays Scrooge in that. Doesn't he? No, Zach... Exactly. I got it. <laughs> I wasn't even going for a joke. What? Dude, Christopher uh, Plummer. You're correct. He Back does play Scrooge McDuck. Mm-hmm. He's great in The Sound of Music. Did you know As he Scrooge didn't McDuck. do his own singing in that movie? No. no. I like his voice anyways. Not singing. Even like when he talks, I'm like, mm-hmm. this guy has a powerful voice. Mm-hmm. I've listened to what he says. He's yeah. off on Star Trek Six. 2017 animated film The Breadwinner is out on Blu-ray this week, so you can see that. I think you can watch it on Netflix right now, too. Oh, or cool. Amazon, one of them. Uh, also, there's a football game. Uh, so if you want to rewatch the Super Bowl, it was actually a good one this year. It was. So if you, for some reason, want to own that on Blu-ray and watch it again, it can I only know be it great ends. when the Broncos win. So yeah, oh. Super Bowl Lee. I watched Gone with the Wind instead. Oh, that's good too. Little racist, but good. Uh, Blue, Pan- <laughs> Blue, Blue Panther, Blue Planet Two is out on 4K this week, uh, which is exactly what 4K is made for. It's or like Black Panther, but sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, oh shoot. Who's the... Oh, that man. makes me a sad panther. <laughs> My inability to make this joke, it makes it clear that I haven't read comics in a really long time. Who's the, the team that do does, like, you know, Hulk Gray and Spider-Man Blue and... Uh, Jeff Loeb and Jeff Loeb Tim and Tim Sale. Sale. See, written so or Blue like Panther the Pink Panther, but more masculine. It's the Yellow Panther until we find out the gender. Uh, the Dark Crystal is out it's on four K. <laughs> no, it's How about the, just green. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. <laughs> I'm gonna shut it off. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna turn this one off until until we just get through the segment. Hey, Bruce Springsteen said it. Oh. Uh, I got to leave. We got to go prepare our beds. That's a Born in the USA uh, <laughs> reference. Any uh, listeners from 1985? Uh, <laughs> nope. Nope. The Dark Crystal <laughs> is out on 4K this week, uh, and there's a Steelbook edition of it as well. So I was never a big fan of that movie. You're one of those people who hasn't watched it in 20 you years and still think though. it's good. I like Labyrinth. You can pick it up. What? None of them are actually good. <laughs> all of the, all of those dark fantasy films from the like late eighties and nineties. I, I, I like the creature designs. Oh yeah, like I think Legend is amazing to look at, but you shouldn't watch. The oh movie. yeah, no, it's garbage. Um, well, there's a there's a five minute dance sequence with Mia uh, Mia Sarah, which is pretty great. But other than that, that movie it, it has no idea what the makeup's great in it. Yes, Tim Curry is amazing. Yes, I would watch just the parts with Tim Curry and some of the parts where Tom Cruise runs around on all fours because he's a wild boy. Yes. That movie's terrible. And then you're like, oh, I have to watch the rest of the movie now. Yeah. Um, oh, I don't remember what this is. Duck, you sucker. It's it, oh, a.k.a. Oh, a Fistful, a of, fistful dynamite. of Dynamite. It's, That's right. Yes. Um, Sergio Leone's movie after Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Right. I just didn't, because it was I like named Duck, you sucker more. Yes. I, don't, I can't remember which one's the... American title. I think it's Fistful of Dynamite. It is. I think yeah, right. so Ducky Sucker would be. Yeah. Uh, Paramount is releasing a sealed book edition of Death Wish, so that if you're really excited for the Bruce Willis one, you can you can do that. Hmm. Uh, I like that Death Wish is more when they're in the canon film class. When they're just ridiculously it's so stupid. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I have the special edition of it. Yeah. I think uh, it's on Shout Select. I like the first one, but it was like, it's a product of its time, and that's why the remake, uh, I don't know. We will talk about it later. For any of you who didn't understand that joke at the Oscars this year, uh, there's also a blue a, a steel book edition of Barbarella uh, with Jane Fonda that you can you can get now, uh, which is a pretty that, awesome looking cover. I couldn't believe she made that call back on stage. That's great. It's the Orgasmatron awesome. from Barbarella. Like I already have yeah. that on Blu-ray, but I might have to get that one. That's it's, badass. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, the movie is not that good either. No, but... no one should watch Barbarella. Uh, but says you. Uh, oh shoot! See from this far away. Okay. So the next two things are there's two Hammer film double features this week. I just want to be that on that on a Blu-ray cover. Uh, one of them is Never Take Candy from a Stranger, and the other and then uh, Mouth Agape, Scream of Fear. Okay. No, that must be the scream. Yeah. So this is Scream of Fear, where it's a woman and she's screaming, and then there's just more of her face screaming. And then this one is a drawing of a, of apparently a stranger with some candy, and then probably some ladies in the background. Want some know. candy? It's kind of hard. To, it's kind of far away. Uh, any Predator Two fans out there? I keep on making these really obscure. Uh, yeah, you're movie doing references. You're doing great. Keep it up. Uh, the other double feature from Hammer Films this week is uh, Maniac and Die, Die, My Darling. <laughs> See, um, in Predator Two, they're in the cemetery, and this little kid says, "Want some candy?" to the Predator, and then he says it to Danny Glover, and Danny Glover's like, and he points his gun all around. He can't find the Predator. 
Uh, I yep. think Die Die My Darling is about a very large hand that tries to stab this woman to death. Uh, she's only wearing a shirt, like just a little little white shirt, as they always are on those old covers. Uh, Arrow this week is putting out a release of Donnie Darko, um, and you know it's not for you because it's nothing but the b- bunny man on the front, so there you go. More Donnie Darko. That movie was cool for a while. Uh, and then they are all. Uh, Arrow is also putting out the Cat of Nine Tales. I don't know what that is, but Dario it's got Argento. a cat. It's a great film. Dario Argento, yeah. Oh, cool. It's a really. I mean, it's considered one of his worst films, but I really like it because I'm a fucking douchebag. So. The cat on that cover has one tail, and he's looking at his leg. That's true. So it's actually a really confused. good like mystery film. Uh, oh, oh, oh! Wait, there's a little. There's Lots a little, person. There's a person. It's a very large cat. Cat of nine feet, more like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the very last thing is, okay, I think this is from a company called, no, is it Aquino? Wait, was that Tails, oh. like A-I-L-S or? T-A-I-L-S. T-A-I-L-S. Oh, uh, no, missed yeah. opportunity. No, it's not, it's, not a, it's not an anthology. Okay, so this is another double feature uh, from a company called Code Red. Uh, it is House on the Edge of the Park, uh, where a dude with a knife walks into a park. And uh, the other film is Last House on Massacre Street, which you really should have known when you moved yeah, in. Yeah, I didn't say. That is you a, move uh, on Massacre Street, <laughs> just expect it. That yeah, is it. a great fucking title, though. It is. Yeah, <laughs> and this cover... So this is from 1980, so this poster is, like, like, oh, like really trying way too hard to be one of those films. Because, um, like, yeah, it's, it's way too late to have just a black and white, like, grayscale poster. But this guy's got a pair of scissors, and he, there's a skull with a knife through it or some shit. So, Brian, we should pull out Sean Cunningham, put out an ad in the Hollywood Reporter for Last House on Massacre Street, the remake, and we can just make it whatever the fuck we want. Just have blood everywhere. We'll have Victor Miller come in and write some random stuff for the script. No, because I don't want to get sued later by Victor Miller. Oh, that's true. Do you think it's easy to get a street street renamed? No. No. I'd say it's really hard. Just find something that says Massachusetts Street and then cover up and rewrite the part that you need. Or build your own house somewhere out. Anywhere you call it, whatever you want. That would have been a better way for them to try to run the old people out of their their building in uh, Batteries Not Included is just change the name of the road to Massacre Street. (laughs) And they'd have been like, honey, we need to move. Have you seen our street signs? This is getting ridiculous. But the mailman doesn't even show up anymore. (laughs) Bobby. The true horror is the housing market. (laughs) <laughs> topical uh, okay so that was the blu-rays for this week <laughs> we watch movies throughout the week in a segment i like to call oops what we've been watching <laughs> so uh yeah this is the stuff we've been watching henry what'd you watch this week oh uh, well i have 174 so let's get through that <laughs> all right oh. So you're Brad this week. Titles only. I haven't been on since January, since Paddington, so uh, let's go through the good stuff. Uh, watched Lethal Weapon for the first time. That was a fun time. Yeah. yeah. How about that time when he wrestles that dude in the mud? He's crazy. That was, cool. that was really yeah. cool. How about that time where he ju- jumps off the, cl- uh, the building with another guy because he wants oh, to get yes. him to just stop committing suicide? Lethal Weapon, great film. Yep. Yeah. I watched Intolerable Cruelty. It was the last commotion I had to watch. It's all right. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's it's a film that's very. I, I didn't really like it. It's a but it's one that made me think like I really want the Combos to make like a, a courtroom drama at some point because I feel like they'd be right up their alley and they, this is the closest they've ever come to that. So yeah, I feel like Intolerable Cruelty. and I can't remember. I think it's a script they rewrote. 
and then well, that, that, that wouldn't surprise me. That would make yeah. more sense. Yeah, I've always considered that to be my least favorite of their films. Yeah, it sounds like it, but got Irwin uh, Keys in it in a really funny role. But yeah, anyway. Uh, Philadelphia, watch the first time. That's a cool one. Cool. I have AIDS. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh man, so, uh, Ryan, I'm sorry. <laughs> Does your family know? Uh, that's a Family Guy Don't joke touch from me. season one. I think that's the first episode of Tom Family Hanks. Guy. Tom Hanks, funny guy. Tom Hanks. Everything he says is a stitch. I have AIDS. Uh, I rewatched Green Lantern. That's too bad. Uh, I primarily rewatched it because I didn't realize cut. it, but. Uh, Takiti Watati, or whatever his name is, actually plays like the main supporting like comic relief. Yeah, yeah. I didn't realize it, so I rewatched it just for him, and he's not <laughs> in it nearly enough. Um, but yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's fine. I, I mean, it, in hindsight, it's not as bad as I think people thought it was at the time. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's it, true it, for it does all DC its best. movies except for Batman. <laughs> it's it's better than most of the like comic book movies that were still coming out at that time right because mm-hmm. you were still getting a lot of ghost writers and that kind of shit yeah, like, yeah that yeah. movie's uh, pretty common. fire um <laughs> i watched <laughs> miami vice that wasn't very good or was all no. right i guess whatever um, it's michael mann what were you expecting hey 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 watch your fucking mouth one movie heat that was it no collateral I mean, two oh, movies yeah, collateral. I okay i can keep going but he hasn't made anything good in 10 years <laughs> Someone clearly hasn't seen Black Hat, the best one of 2015. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna. You're right, I haven't. <laughs> and nobody has. Didn't need to, because I paid to see Public Enemies in the theater, so he owes me still. Um, I watched A Fantastic Woman, that w- which won the best foreign film. Hmm. Uh, I'll probably release an RL's house for that this week. Um, I'm going to get back on it. I'm, it's it's my spring break. What, what? And so I'm going to be writing a lot of reviews this week because I'm not going anywhere and I don't have any friends. Nice. Um, I don't either. It's okay. I'm looking um, at him. <laughs> I rewatched James White, which is probably, after hindsight, probably my favorite film of 2015. Uh, legitimately. Um, I mean, it's no black hat. But uh, it's very good. And I don't think nearly as many people have seen it. It's on Netflix, so definitely check it out. It's a very, very well-made film, and I really love it. Cool. Uh, and not anyone has seen it. Nope. Uh, yeah. I watched The Greatest Showman. Um, That's too bad. Hey, oh, it's not... On. I mean, the music was okay. Okay. Um, I don't would, know. You, would you say it's... it was a musical for people who don't really like musicals? Or? No. No. <laughs> the, That's no. what I heard in every, like, freaking review. The box office That's performance of that has people, like, really paying musicals. attention. Because it opened at... Like nine million or something, like sixteen. Yeah, and it's at like one hundred eighty million now. And so they're like, "How did this do so well?" It's that song, man. That song's blown up on the radio big time. The "This Is Me." That was awful at the Oscars, by the way. I mean, that, I want to see that it. Song's still. interesting. I mean, I see Have it. any of you seen the film? No, right. no. Definitely. I mean, that song is basically talking about how much they hate Hugh Jackman. Like <laughs> that's the context of the song in the film. Um, P.T. Barnum. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> it makes sense. He, he wasn't the nicest man. Well, no, they really make him out to be like this like pretty great guy in the film. It's kind of absurd. Um, I've been <laughs> watching a lot of based Bollywood on a true films. story. <laughs> most, of them aren't, are, most of them are really good, but I know none of you are going to watch them, so I'm not really going to talk about them. Great. Um, <laughs> James, you're full of sass today. What's going I on? I am. I don't know why. 
<laughs> if you want a recommendation, Lagan uh, is one of, I think, three films in history to ever be nominated for Best Foreign Film from India. And it's very good, but it's, it's on Netflix. It's also four hours long. Wow. Uh, so. Lagan, L-A-G-A-N? L-A-G-A-A-N. <laughs> cool. Um, and I think that's really all I really want to talk about. Everything else is just kind of there. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you being on the show, Henry. No problem. <laughs> you may be more excited about it. Oh, no. This is all he has to give. All right. Corinne? Um, so I didn't get around to watching too much this week. Uh, I was really busy. But I did get to go to afternoon tea at the Alamo Draft House. Nice. The Ooh. movie was Brooklyn. So what is what do you do for afternoon tea? I've never been to one of those. You drink tea. But do they give you, like... And uh, they give cookies? you like little snacks um, that kind of go along with the movie. And do you get to pick the tea, or do they have like a tea designed for the movie? They have three, t- at least the one I went to, they had three teas already picked out, and then they came around at different points in the movie, and if you were done with the first tea, they gave you the second tea, mm. but I don't like tea, so I didn't make it through the first one. Also, I didn't really like the snacks. So if the Alamo could somehow do an option where you can go to afternoon tea and pay a discounted rate and you don't get any of the food or drinks, I would appreciate do, that. Do they, do they charge a lot for it? was $25. Yeah. You can ask them about that because I remember when, before I was 21, I asked if I could go to like the beer dinners because I wanted to see the film. And they said, yeah, just like let us know. Like You have to order that at like the counter or whatever or over the phone. And then they'll give you a discount that's just like a ticket for it. And then you don't get the meal included. Okay. Cool. My friends got it for me, so I just oh, okay. had to pay them back. Yeah. Do they also require you to hold your pinky out while you sip? Well, I mean... I, and be snooty? Even if you did, it's a dark theater, so I don't know how they enforce that. <laughs> and they have people just standing at the end of the line. <laughs> put that pinky up. <laughs> They're tiny cups, so I'm sure if unless you had tiny little hands, it would be hard to put all your fingers on the little handle. You kind of have to. <laughs> But anyway, Brooklyn was awesome, oh, good. and I really, really liked it. It was funnier than I thought it would be, and it was kind of nice to see it with an audience to, you know, have other people laughing along with me. Cool. It was one that I wanted to see when it came out, and I just never got around to it. I like yeah. um, Saoirse Ronan, though. Yeah, same here. Mm-hmm. It's one of those that I keep like. I've I've got it on my Amazon like watch list as oh one of these days I'm gonna sit down and just watch a nice film. I remember watching the trailer. Looks like this looks beautiful, man. Yeah, it's it, does. Like, oh. it is very well done. Yeah, the costumes, the set design, the locations. Um, she's in Ireland for part of it. Oh yeah. Although I have to say, and then the lady warned us like during the first boat scene, look away, don't don't watch it because she gets sick. Violent? She gets sick on the boat. Oh, sick on the boat. Mm-hmm. Oh, and you're eating while you're watching someone throw up. Yeah, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, other than that, though, great movie. Cool. Also, Donald Gleason's in it. Nice. Uh, and I kind of kept AF. waiting. Nicely done, Henry. He said he's hot as he's hot AF. General Hux. I I kind of agree with that. He looks good in this movie. They kind of did his hair a little differently, and then he's kind of in the you know period clothes. Yeah. So, I, I, I'd go for him. <laughs> Henry, what are your impressions of Brooklyn? Uh, the Italian boy's also hot AF. Um, <laughs> I agree. You're so I'm dreamy personally more of right the now. Italian guy myself. I just, think I'd just, go with him. Just the, leaning the into your Mike's right. Hard Lemonade. Yeah, Mike's like Hard Lemonade. <laughs> 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 I might be. Shut up. Um, <laughs> 
Spring break. Spring break. My man. <laughs> <laughs> He's vaping and hey, celebrating. Hey, spring you guys break want some mics? <laughs> <laughs> Who, who wants to watch, drink some mics and watch Brooklyn? <laughs> so, so anyway, great movie. yeah, my thoughts on Brooklyn are just I, uh, I think she should have been. I think she should end up. I'm not gonna say who she ends up with, but that Italian boy. That's where that's where it's at. Let's let's be real here. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, did you see Donald Gleason? Donald Gleason's good, but that Italian boy and he got that Italian family though. And like, come on, like <laughs> this is my favorite. You want some pasta? I, 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 I love how that's a selling point for you. <laughs> Italian. Listen, if, if there's a hot guy in a film, that is a major plus for me. And so that is why the I Italian love guy, he went, Wahoo! <laughs> he is a plumber, actually. Is he real? That's awesome. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> oh my god, Brooklyn is the secret Mario origin movie. <laughs> That's the sequel to the Mario Brothers movie. From <laughs> yeah, that we never got. <laughs> One of the earliest movies that had an ending credit scene. <laughs> oh, man. Still waiting. It's all right. The guys behind Despicable Me are making an animated movie about Mario. They should use Brooklyn as their foundation. Yes. That'd be great. So I also watched the latest episode of The Blacklist. Oh. How is it? Yeah. Is it season Um, six or something? (laughs) (laughs) Zach's getting ready. Um, No, we're... we're, I mean, I just love... seasons behind. I love the holes you guys go down when you guys talk about this show because it's ridiculous and sometimes inappropriate. (laughs) It is ridiculous. So this was the first episode. Um, they came back after the winter hiatus. It was like early January. They had, I want to say like four episodes, and then they went off again for the Olympics. So this was their first episode back from their Olympics break. Are you going to tell us she and Red are married now? <laughs> <laughs> if only. No. And then she finds out he's her dad. <laughs> again, she had to go to like a therapist this week and... The therapist is like, so tell me about your relationship with your father. And I'm like, damn it. <sighs> Just get together already. <laughs> it's going to make it. It's. I, I was talking about this with a friend, and I'm like, if they get together, it's going to be mega weird. Because at, for like a two or three years now, she thinks that he's her dad. So maybe they'll leave it ambiguous. They'll imp- just imply that they get together at the end. <laughs> Let's, let's have the Coen I, Brothers direct the series I, finale. I love your theory of the show. I think it's fantastic. I'm so excited. I hope you're right. I hope you win. So, And then John Noble, who I knew as the guy who played Denethor in The Lord of the Rings, was the blacklister for the week. Cool. So mm. there was a scene at the very end where he gets to talk to James Spader, and they just kind of nerded out about literature for a full minute. Does he look haggard in that, too? Yeah, kind of. Shouldn't he? I mean, he's old, so yeah, yeah. I wouldn't expect him to look... You know, youthful like Robert Redford, but that's true. Well, so Robert lady. Redford's still dreaming. He's like eighty. Yeah. It's just every time I think of John Noble doing something, it's Denethor related. <laughs> like it's it's nothing else. Like no disrespect. He looks like Denethor who got a haircut and aged twenty years. Ah, okay. So, right if you can imagine that. <laughs> but um, I last thing I watched was the Case for Christ, which is on Netflix. Yep. Have you seen that? I saw it in theaters. Really, really good. Yeah. It's, it's it's decent. I have some issues with it, but yeah. Really? You have issues with it? <laughs> I didn't... I, I thought it, it was very well done. I liked how all the subplots kind of tied together mm-hmm. and um, it, it, some really good performances in there, too. Yeah, I'd have to go back to my own review of it because I've forgotten that movie so much. Um, I think there were like... There were maybe a couple of performances or something. There was something about maybe the way it was paced that I was like, meh. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought they did a good job. It was a... A very interesting movie. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. 
So for anybody who doesn't know, The Case for Christ, uh, the movie is based on a book of the same name where this guy, he's in a newspaper reporter, which I was like, hey, um, and he's also an atheist. And his wife, um, he and his wife are out to dinner with their daughter and their daughter starts choking and this nurse runs over and saves their daughter and she, the nurse makes a comment about how, um, you know, the Holy Spirit or Jesus told her to be in that restaurant tonight and, you know, it, and they're like, oh, it was just a coincidence and the wife is like, I don't believe it was and so the wife starts kind of rediscovering Christianity and the husband feels like he's losing her and so he sets out to prove that Christianity is false and that the resurrection of Christ wasn't real. And so while he's trying to investigate this, he keeps going down all these different, okay, well, you know, are the sources, are the Gospels reliable? You know, who saw him? Could he have survived the crucifixion? And he ultimately, spoilers, ends up For deciding that he believes in Christianity and at the very end of the movie, he writes a book. Yeah. Um, the, the, one of the things that I really loved about that movie was that it, I think it does a really wonderful job of just, even even if you strip the faith away, if you if you just watch that movie as a film about the struggles in a relationship as as one of the people changes dramatically or they're their sort of focus in life shifts and the strain that that can put on their relationship and, and what does it mean and how, like, what are you supposed to do and how are you supposed to behave and, and, and how difficult that can be? Like that part of the movie on its own is so good that I think like, I mean, I, I can't say that just anyone is going to enjoy that film. I mean, it's obviously tailored to a specific audience. Um, but I think anybody could watch that movie and understand why that film works in an, in a, I don't want to say an industry. Well, no, in an industry of really shitty Christian-focused films that are poorly tailored to the dumbest of dumb audience, um, like that movie gave me hope in a way that no other Bible movie, no, no, God's Not Dead two featuring the Newsboys could ever uh, give me. So yeah, I, I think it's a, a really good movie. Um, so, yeah. I think my favorite moment is toward the end when he has all this evidence compiled and he's trying he's like really struggling with it and he goes and he talks to his mentor and his mentor is an atheist and the mentor says something to the effect of at the end of the day you have to pick a side and you have to just pick it on faith. And then he goes and talks to his coworker who had kind of given him the idea to um try to debunk the resurrection and he's a Christian and he says follow the facts. Where do the facts lead you? Mm -hmm. So I thought it was funny how the atheist is like, take it on faith. And the other guy's like, no, we're, you know, follow the facts. So it yeah. was kind of, kind of funny how it was switched like that. It sounds interesting in that respect because it's presenting v other ideas on other sides as opposed to just sticking to the one side. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that's cool. all I watched this week. It's a good one. Zach? Um, I didn't watch too much. Um, what documentary? Um, I actually didn't watch documentary. What? Um, uh, no, I um, I had the week off, um, so I w watched a bunch more Star Trek, the original series. Um, season, I went through all of season two this week. Um, and there's some really good episodes in that season. Like, um, I, uh, I one that I didn't really love before, but now love is a Private Little War, where 
Kirk and um, McCoy are um, discovering. Like they they go down to this uh, planet that Kirk had been to thirteen years before, and at the time the inhabitants there only had developed to uh, bows and arrows and um, knives and whatnot. And then they discovered the Klingons had actually given the enemies of Kirk's friend uh, flint rock rifles. And so Kirk, the whole the whole plot of it is trying to convince um, the um, Kirk's friend to take on flint rock rifles to combat. So basically to even out the balance of power on the planet. And it ends up being this very interesting and very grim output at the end of the episode where it talks essentially about like the, the idea of like arming other people for, for, for different wars and which I mean makes the title alone genius and whatnot. Um, and there were some other like really good ones. Like the Nazi episode still holds up very well. Cause it's, I mean shit. Like, I, like the whole time I was just like, it's happening today. It's happening today. <laughs> um, and, um, the, uh, I mean in the bread and circus, this one is good. Um, but I still think my favorite's going to be um, probably um, Journey, uh, a mock time and Journey to Babel. Two of my favorites, obviously, because they're you know related to Spock and friendship and all that garbage and whatnot. So, but it's great. And some of the episodes I watched were actually on the fiftieth uh, anniversary box set that I picked up um, for cheap compared to when it first came out. Um, and uh, the remasters look really good on Blu-ray. Um, Cool. I liked getting the option to watch both the unaltered and the altered ones. Um, but there's a cool featurette on the Blu-ray about why that remastering isn't a bad thing um, or a good co- argument for why it's not a bad thing. I was just thinking, you know what would be really cool is that on a Blu-ray like that, if if what they did was they were tracking where you were in the video on and, and like you could hit a button and switch to the between the mastered and the non-mastered, right? Like it just sends the timestamp and sends you into the other video. Mm-hmm. Like that would be really cool because then you could just watch a section and when you saw something, you just flip over, you know, and go like, oh man, that's what... Yeah, that they do that is, in that video games. On, oh, on that one? Or, well, or in general, like when DVD players first came out, yeah, um, that was a thing that they just never utilized. Oh man. And I guess they still don't. Nice. Yeah. Well, they should totally do that because yeah. that's um, really cool. I thought about making movies that way of like you're watching it and then you flip over. So it's like a choose your own adventure thing. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. It is a thing you're supposed to be able to do, but they just never took advantage of it. That's cool. That I know of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But um, on that, though, there's a there's a there's two other good like little like mini featurettes. One's on the animated series, which I knew very little about. Like uh, I, I'd watched the seventy nine episodes and the six movies. Never was a big fan of the cartoon for whatever reason, but mm-hmm. I'm going to change that. Um, and then there's a the bonus disc on the movies is a two and a half hour making of the entire series of the films, and it's a lot of it's a love letter to Harv Bennett, who um, like really kind of picked up because Star Trek the motion picture. So you did was watch a documentary? Technically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not its own. It's Busted. not its own thing, and it's split up into five parts. So. It's a Still documenting, documenting something. Mm-hmm. 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 More like just interviews. No, still documenting. They documented the time. Yeah, yeah. making those movies. Yeah. Shut up! I hate you so all. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, sounds about like a documentary to me. I hate you people. Um, <laughs> no, but it's actually good. I want to find a way to lend it to you two to watch it because I think you'd like it. the The first part of it, they talk about what next uh, the motion picture was going to be before it became the motion picture. Yeah, Star Trek and, Phase 2. I might well, have already seen this. No, no. There's just like, there's a couple different stories that they threw out that I never known of. Maybe you guys do because you're bigger Trekkie fans than I am, but um, there was just, uh, they, were, they were working with several different writers 
Um, it was going to be a film at one point, like very low budget. Then it was going to be Phase Two. Then it was going to be another low budget film, and then Star Wars happened, and then they threw a shit ton of money at it. Yep. Um, and then, but they also talk about like Harv Bennett being like the the real big push for two through five of getting that stuff done, and also the making of Undiscovered Country is really good because um, they talk a lot about Nick Meyer's involvement in that and how that was really Nimoy's idea from the get go. Um, I saw Game Night. Ooh, nice. I liked it. I liked it. I I walked in with zero expectations, and when I walked out, when I walked out, I looked at the the rating on it because I was curious. And I was like eighty percent. That's about right. Yeah, I liked. It. I loved Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams in the movie. Oh, yeah, I thought they were great. fucking adorable. Um, just like their their competitive spirit and whatnot. I thought it was great. Um, the guy who plays Ryan, I think his name is. Like I don't remember the, the guy who discovers the Fight Club. Yeah, the dumb dude. <laughs> I that I, I don't know who that guy is, but he's fucking funny as shit. Like, his delivery's on point. I think he's the asshole brother in Ingrid Goes West. Mm, I haven't seen Ingrid yes, Goes West yet. So. Yes, I think so. Zach, would you say is it better or worse than Christmas Party? Oh, better, way better, way better than Christmas Party. Um, and it sucks because Bateman kind of works on ebbs and flows sometimes in movies. Um, he's great on Ozark though. Um, but it was fun. I wasn't expecting it to be. The twisty turvy, the twisty turny movie that it was, because it kind of like, and I like that they play on the fact that it's become a twisty turny mm-hmm. movie by the end of it. Uh, Jesse Plemons' character, <laughs> for obvious reasons, and that might be my favorite end credit sequence of a movie that isn't a Marvel movie for a while. Like just like the, the little in jokes on it, like movies to inspire my death scene. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, they, like it's so clever too, because when they. When he tells stories, the camera slowly keeps on going tighter and tighter to him. Yep, they're pushing in on his yeah. monologue, that, yeah. that single <laughs> shot. Um, and my favorite joke, it's at the end when he's doing the draw the draw game, um, like Pictionary, I guess it is. Mm-hmm. And he's so like, this is me. Th- th- he's like, give up? No, this is me at the local Regal crying at the Green Mile. <laughs> <laughs> what you guys do? I just assumed this is all how we felt when we watched the Green Mile. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, so I watched that. Um, I also saw the uh, 1517 to Paris, uh, the new Clint Eastwood film. <sighs> I hear it's terrible. Look, and uh, and this is also part of a way of saying, yes, there is a new article, and it should be up online. I submitted it on Tuesday. I don't know if it's gotten approved. Um, but you, um, you There's an approval yourself. process? Yeah. I, can't, I don't have that. I don't have, is, um, who is this approval process? <laughs> I, don't, I, have, I don't have that approval on the WordPress. I'll publish oh, it when I feel theory. like hey, Zach. Henry... Henry Pass his article through. Um, <laughs> I will. When uh, I feel so, like but, um, so I'm going to finish the Clint Eastwood thing, and I think it's Sully and 1517 to Paris are going to be the last two reviewed just because they're the most recent. Um, but that movie has a lot of problems, and it's not for the ones that are on the surface with the, the jingoism of the whole thing. So, like, first of all, I think it's very admirable that those three guys – uh, thought that they could take on playing themselves in the movie, and that's great. And they don't do a bad job; they really don't. Like they're 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 doing exactly what I expect them to do because this stuff has been done before in movies since the dawn of time. Like Babe Ruth played himself in Pride of the Yankees, and he was not an actor by any well, stretch. You know, United um, ninety three, Michael is all, Jordan, you know, Space United ninety three is another good example. Like so, this can be done. This isn't like unheard of. This film ends up being more like that act of valor movie where it's all predicated trying to predicate itself on the action element of it, which by the way is non existent until the last twenty minutes of the movie. 
Um, the best way I could describe this film, if I wanted to be positive, is that it's a it's Clint Eastwood's version of Cinema Verite, where he just films things happening. Mm, wow. um, the beginning of the film is them as children um, going through their struggles. Did they, wait, did they play them as children? Because then I'm in. <laughs> no. <laughs> if it's them, like, no. If it's, Put a little like, beanie hat. size men in diapers. But like dwarf. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm a five-year-old. <laughs> the, the, the following apologies to our armed service men and women everywhere. Um, no, it's like, they go through their childhood and how they had a kind of a rough childhood upbringing. And um, uh, Jenna Fisher and uh, Judy Greer play two of their moms. And there's a scene at the beginning where they're having a parent-teacher conference with her. And the teacher says, oh, the kids may have ADD. And th- the moms are like, what? Well, what? We don't know this. Sounds like you're just like shoving medical stuff down your throat and whatnot. Or, and they basically she suggests medication, which could be theoretically like beneficial. And – they shout out the line, my God is better than your pills. Oh, good. Which is like, which is, uh, which, and is they go a to a Christian school, so, it, so, and they go to a Christian school, so like, I don't. I think it's serious, Henry, I'll answer the question for you. Sometimes when Thank Zach gets you, on Thank you, Ryan, movie, I appreciate that someone cares. Else. I just well, I can't him. hear him from that far back. What, what's going on, Henry? I asked if it was I, I a serious line or a joke line. No, it's, it's a serious line. Judy Greer uh, delivers it very, like, passionately. Um, Again, like I don't think, and again, I don't think this is like Clint trying to take sides or anything like that. I don't think it's, he he's done this stuff before, where he'll put that for you and let you figure it out for yourself. But unfortunately, it's so on the nose and so clearly slanted that it's very hard to take it any other way. Yeah. Um, and like Thomas Lennon's in the film, he plays the principal of the Christian school, and every yeah, short every, shorts and cowboy boots. It's I, weird. You know what? He was one joke away from wearing them at that point. Cause like, <laughs> so every great. every time one of the kids goes into the principal's office, he shuts the door and goes like, makes a fun thing like, "What are you dressed up like an eighteen? Like he just makes a snide remark that would be funny in a different movie. Yeah. And then Tony Hale plays their gym teacher, who's incredibly disinterested. Like, all their teachers send them to detention just because they don't want to be good teachers, which, okay, whatever. But it just – the tones feel weird all over the place. Then it cuts to them as adults. Well, how long do they spend on them as kids? I want to say a good 30 minutes. Is there yeah. a scene on the train where it's revealed that had they been on Ritalin, things would have been gone better? <laughs> No, 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 they no, take no, the Ritalin no. before does, the attack so they can it, focus oh, on what they need to do. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. No. I'm trying to figure out how them being kids has anything to do with I, Again, I don't know either. It, really, it's, I think mainly it is because like the kids grow up playing war and they want to be soldiers one day. And then two of them go into the military and one of them's in college or something. I don't know. I felt the same way when he did American Sniper. Like, American Sniper is so on the nose. But, but it's better produced than this thing. And I would... I would I would be curious what you'd think of 1517 to Paris in comparison to American Sniper. Because this, because they're just using non-professional actors for the majority of the film, it's very hard to justify what's going on in this script, which is quite honestly the worst script I've ever seen Clint direct. Like and in all those movies that I've been watching, like this is the worst thing he's directed um, in terms of a story. Like there is no story. There is a good chunk of 45 minutes of them just traveling around Europe which hey, cinema verite is cool and whatnot, but you're selling this you're selling this film on the plot of a very like isolated incident. Sully did it better. Yeah, I was gonna say Sully, it sounds like a movie that should have done. Hey, do the incident first and then deal with them their aftermath, like, which would have been great. There's probably more story there. Yeah, but 
so anyway, it's not like it's not a dumpster fire the way Rotten Tomatoes and critics were saying it is. Because at the end of the day, like it's going for a very specific pro America audience, and that's cool. But in terms of Clint Eastwood's filmography, it was one of the la- few times where I've like at the end of the movie when the credits go up, I'm like, eh, dude might just want to retire at this point. Like I think he, I don't think he's actually paying attention to what's going on in front of him. But again, that might be harsh. Maybe he'll do a movie about him playing a drug mule and it'll be amazing, which is one of the rumored things he's doing. Um, I'm surprised they didn't change the name to 317 to Paris for the American release. (laughs) I'm trying to make a French movie. I'm trying to make it artsy fartsy. Damn it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the reason why I think it's written so poorly is because, like, not only do they play themselves, they also wrote the screenplay. So no, no, the screen it's based on a book that they wrote. The screenplay was written by one single woman. Uh, this is her first screenplay thing. So I looked it up just now. Is it Dorothy Blyskull? Yeah, this is her first film. Yeah. So I mean, oh, okay. it's well, clearly people who are not very experienced with screenplay. May- right? Hey yeah. guys, guys, maybe that's actually Steven Soderbergh pretending to be an imaginary <laughs> woman. Like, give her a chance here. Um, and then, I think the um, combination of the fact that Clint Eastwood does only one take things. Combined of non-actors really oh, yeah. hurts the film. That's see, and that's 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 why I'm wondering. Like, was this just something he really wanted to experiment with, or is he really not making smart choices right now? It, I, mean, it I think he's like at the, the point thing. in his lifespan where he's not experimenting much anymore. Yeah, well, um, I mean, but I mean that would go against his whole credo. But again, you know, I don't know. I don't speak to him and Carmel every day, so. It, it, I wish I did. It'd be awesome. It sounds like like the kind of thing that will just make me appreciate Alexander Payne more and his ability to take people who aren't actors and make them relatively decent. Mm-hmm. Because um, well, it can Florida be done. Project. Like it's 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 unfair to just throw people under the bus and be like, oh well, they they're not actors. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, again, but they're definitely not writers. I, um, yeah. Again, I'm not saying that they did a terrible job. Like if they're going to oh, yeah. do it this way, like they there are mom- there are genuine moments in this film that are like either tear-worthy or, like, legitimately good, like, interactions. Yeah. But they're few and far between, and they just don't all add up. So I don't recommend it, but maybe, like, I might have to watch it again before the series is over. So Sure. Um, Also watch The Howling on Collector's Edition Scream Factory. Um, Yeah, you're right. It's not the the best (laughs) werewolf movie of 1981, Ryan. It's not. I think it's a Joe Dante classic. If I'm going to... If I'm gonna if I'm gonna talk about his old oeuvre, this is definitely a notable one. Um, Do you have to talk about his oeuvre? oeuvre? I, I'll talk about his oeuvre every day. Um, but if you haven't seen The Howling, it's um, a couple goes up to a retreat. Um, retreats inhabited by werewolves, and Uh-oh. awesome transformations occur. Um, oh, great transformations. The movies. <laughs> I mean, Joe Dante can make a movie move, and he can he has a really good eye for. Um, Stuff, monstrous things, mm-hmm. uh, and this movie delivers in spades on the monster stuff. Some of the filler stuff I have, it's the story's the story's a little out of sync. Because the uh, have you ever read the book? No, it's fucking garbage. So, <laughs> um, thankfully, Joe Dante did something decent with yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's a fun movie, but uh, classic. <laughs> it's got some great film buff cameos. Like I love oh, yeah. Corey Ackerman getting refused at the counter. No, there's the, some there's some great things in it, but. Yeah, um, and uh, but yeah, no. Um, it's a fun movie. And it's also got that great moment at the end where they're like, "And tonight, I'm going to show you something." <laughs> and then she has, he has to shoot D. Wallace in the head. Are those mm-hmm. movies better when they got pig people in them? No, 
Isn't Howling Four the one with the the, the pig people? <laughs> oh, that's, oh, the marsupials. The marsupials one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I still want to see Howling Two: Your Sister's Werewolf. <laughs> Got that one. Just to, just. To I listen. have the reverse cover because it's called Serpa Bitch. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> the name of like the European release. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> like the cover isn't as cool. Like the Howling Two cover is awesome. It's like this werewolf chick like ripping like through a leather jacket or something <laughs> the reverse cover isn't as cool but the title's way cooler because it's called serpa bitch and then like so i i have it the reverse because i think it's cool nice <laughs> um and then the last thing was um uh i didn't plan on talking about it but i got this in today from as a late birthday gift from the head of the uh, jack benny website because i'm friends with her she sent me the shout factory edition of the lost episodes so I went through them, and one that I had never seen before was where Jack had Dick Van Dyke on as a guest star. Ooh. And so here's the thing. So he does a uh, dance at the beginning, which is awesome, and he uses Jack as a um, a hat rack at one point, which is awesome. But then he tries to squeeze as much work out of Dick Van Dyke as possible, so he does a murder mystery sketch where Jack plays a detective, and Dick Van Dyke plays five different roles in five different scene changes 20 different times. And I first thought it's a live show because of the year, but then I looked again at the year. It's 63. This is when we would have started recording, not necessarily like all in one take in front of a live audience on Kinescope. So I looked at different angles and like, yeah, it's recorded, but there are shots where he's doing those scene changes really quickly all within one shot. You're Dick kidding Van, me. Dick Van Dyke. That's is, a Dick Van Dyke like repeated line in the dick van dyke show yeah he's dude like i want i want to find a way to i, I don't if it's not available online somewhere i'm going to find a way to get this episode to you so you can watch it because i think you'll appreciate it oh no I, i've been re-watching dick van dyke show he's an, he's he's an amazing amazing actor also he does two different british voices not mary poppins related and it's the year before mary poppins comes out so it was interesting to hear his other mm-hmm. british voices and he does a french maid at one point and then he does the scene changes so many times that he comes out in the French maid outfit with a mustache on. And the joke is, Fifi, go shave your mustache and come back out. I saw a really funny video not too long ago where they were going through and interviewing a bunch of different actors who do um, mostly British actors who do American voices and and like big people like Dame Judi Dench was on there and the uh, James McAvoy and all these people. And. One of the questions they ended up asking him was like, "Who who is it that does the worst British accent?" And every time they all just looked at the screen, and went, "Oh, I'm sorry, Dick Van Dyke." <laughs> like no one felt good saying it, but everybody. I think even Judy Dench was like, "Oh, it's got to be Dick Van Dyke." I'm sorry, I can't. I don't like saying that. <laughs> it was really funny. Um, but yeah, so if you're like, I know you guys aren't like like prone on Benny, but if you like Dick Van Dyke, it's, it's, it's a big Palooza dedicated to him. Nice. And the, and the dance sequence he does with it is really cool too. Like the Freddie DeCorvita, the guy who shot all Jack shows, he knew how to use a wide and he got the full scope of him, like moving up and down the stage in a way that the first step, the, that first season episode with Laura kind of constricts it. Cordova's moving the camera with him to show, how far he uses the proceedings of the stage. So it's interesting. He's a hell of an actor yeah. and performer. Yeah. I'm going to continue on that set, though, because uh, President Truman's on one of those episodes. Nice. So I'll, I'll let you know how that one is. Nice. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's all I watched this week. Brad? Oh. Hi. Well, you know, Ryan and I have to go last. That's fine. Um, no, think oh, about fuck. it. fuck. That's right. <laughs> God damn it. Now you feel bad for talking... 
for 17 minutes about 15, I, 17 to I Paris. Yeah, let's just cut mine because, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. It's because Zach took up all the time. <laughs> and you guys are probably going to go on for another 30 minutes. Uh, yeah, so I watched Dick Tracy again. Um, not a great movie, but I, I think the production of design is fascinating. I think it's so cool, too. Like, yeah. It has a cool pulpy feel to it, and I think the shadows are used really well in the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it really, you feel like you're reading a 1920s yeah. comic strip. Um, Karen's laughing for some reason. She's laughing at me because I'm eating asparagus because I didn't have dinner. Um, I also uh, rewatched The Fugitive, which is still like a That's great, an amazing movie. yeah, amazing movie. Um, That's like, a, but this time it was in theater, an so. almost oh, nice. perfect movie. Man, where you, you saw it in theaters? Yeah. Where was that? The Draft House. Man, that's cool. Yeah. Aren't um, they great? <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about it anyway. Oh, I see what you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, like it, we were bashing Tommy Lee Jones for being Batman Forever last week, but this week you see the movie. Like I think he did right before that, and he's just amazing in that. Which yeah. he he's even Oscar good before, in so. U.S. Marshals, where U.S. Marshals isn't that great, but he's still pretty yeah. good. Yeah. In it. Is U.S. Marshals the follow up? Technically, yeah. yeah. yeah US Robert Downey Jr. U.S. Marshals is a fun movie that is maligned because it is a sequel to one of the greatest action adventure films ever like action thrillers like four years later which is a long time oh yeah. Oh, yeah yeah well and it's a different title you know like and wesley yeah. snipes is in it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and it's more twisty <laughs> plot like it's not someone needs to edit the, uh u.s marshals and blade together <laughs> somebody do that i'm sure someone has i'm a vampire i don't care <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's, it's also just a, a great like I love seeing a movie where like the mystery plays out, like you actually have to follow the clues, and uh, yeah. Harrison Ford has to do that. Mm-hmm. In a, um, as he's just a doctor. Yeah, but I, that part where uh, the marshals are talking to his his uh, pharmaceutical friend, it's like, oh, we're all smart guys. No, no, uh, I can't believe I'm forgetting Harrison Ford's character's name, but yeah, well, he's smart. Doctor Richard Kimball. Kimball, yeah. <laughs> I just saw it you know, yesterday. Um, or two years ago. <laughs> anyway, that's how bad my brain is. Um, <laughs> see the anger. I think that's the same anger. name as uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's character in Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> I think it is. Oh. Definitely the last name. Yeah. I don't know if it's the Richard part. but um, And then I also uh, rewatched The NeverEnding Story. It was the Esquire Midnight last week. Oh, no shit. <laughs> um, Brooks has been trying to get me to watch that because I've never seen it. Watched most of it. Fell asleep through a lot of it. Um, huh? Sorry. Just quoting the movie. Yeah. Um, I... The parts that I did, I, I missed a lot of the middle parts where the actual drama happened. And um, Why? Why'd you miss it? Because he fell asleep. I fell asleep. Oh. So I, you didn't get to see him when he's in the swamp with the... I, I did with see the, him pulling with a With the gorp or, or whatever. What's the thing? The evil wolf thing called? The the scary black wolf in the rocks? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that freaked me the I mean, shit out as a kid. scary wolf in the rocks? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it had a name. It was like the, the, the gorp or the... Gronk or I, I just remember whatever. seeing him pull his horse out of the swamp. But the, <laughs> didn't that horse succeed. die in real life? I mean, at this point, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it's on like the twenty s- years later, <laughs> like on the. S- oh, that was really good. <laughs> yeah, it, it anyway. seemed like it was a pretty slapdash production. Maybe that horse did die on set. Korean horses don't live forever. <laughs> I thought it died don't on the set. That. <laughs> like live, there was a malfunction ending. with the quicksand or something, it and then it died. Because the kids really need unicorns in the beginning. <laughs> Um, actually, I'm really impressed with the per- again the production design of the, of the movie. Like, yeah. for as sloppy and like low budget as it is, there's something about the way it's edited and shot that it's still kind of impressive. Like the story, I wasn't like 
within the first five minutes, I crafted my own version of what the story should be because I was like trying to piece it together from like twenty years ago. And by I got to the end of the movie, I was like, that wasn't like my idea is way better. Um, where the <laughs> the book, like the nothing, is consuming the book because the person reading it isn't thinking of inventive things to add to the story, which makes it never ending. Um, so I was just hoping by the end that, you know, the kid was creative enough to, you know, build a new <laughs> chapter to the book. Or is that what happened? And I just got it I wrong. Don't remember I have no movie. idea. I don't remember yeah. either, but I just I've love your like. It. Why are you laughing? I just love your <laughs> irritation towards this uncreative child. <laughs> Imagine you yelling and berating him on. Th- <laughs> no, isn't Brad's like, idea the, starts- the plot to Shark Boy and Lava Girl? Like, isn't what? that the climax Shark of Shark Boy and Lava Girl? I don't know. You're really either. on a <laughs> wow. Robert Rodriguez kick right now. My goodness. <laughs> um, no, I, the movie starts with this kid getting bullied, and right. then he just. While he's getting chased, he just runs in this bookstore, meets this old guy who's sort of like reverse psychology, gets him to read the book that he's reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see like the bookstore com- guy complaining that you know the, the the book is getting treacherous because his mind isn't creative enough to add anything to it. So you're like, oh, well, maybe the kid can do it. Mm. But then the kid just holds up in the school. It gets into like the attic of the school. Did anyone go to school in attic? <laughs> like a rustic... Yeah, but I'm not allowed to talk about it anymore. <laughs> Wasn't it a boarding school? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah, anyway. And then the rest of the movie is... is well, I mean, except for the parts that maybe I missed and he left. Uh, but he just hangs out in that attic. Does it have Jennifer Connelly in it? No. Then I don't care. She might be uncredited. I don't know. I she don't might care. That. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um... Yeah, and then also got like started getting mixed up with I think the second one. Gamork, that's what it is. That's the wolf thing. Gamork. And then the I new think. thing I watched was uh, the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across Eighth Dimension. And the only thought I had the whole time was, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's I've, weird. I have like friends. It's like beloved, and not not that I hate it. It's just so weird. It's just yeah. a movie that's unapologetically just does whatever it wants and doesn't explain anything to you. Um, like even Jeff Goldblum, like his character after being a, a surgeon, shows up in the rest of the movie in like a, you know, like a, like cartoon cowboy outfit, like the really like the one Marty McFly yeah, yeah, wears yeah. in three. Um, I haven't seen it in years. He just shows up with his his suitcase like he's going on a trip, um, and then he just hangs out in the movie like that. Like they're all, um, you know, it's almost like a toy line where they just came up with different action <laughs> figures like and they're like we're gonna put them in the movie and then you guys figure out what we're gonna do with it yeah you explain them into this thing <laughs> um, like buckaroo bonsai is this surgeon who grew up half american half japanese um apparently is like so famous that he tests pilots like government time travel programs um has his own video game because dope john lithgow smashes this arcade unit that's called uh, The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, which they didn't discover the Eighth Dimension until, like, they had they made the arcade cabinet, and then, and anyway. Um, yeah, it's just, it's it's bonkers. It, if it wasn't a cult classic, it would be a how, it would be a how did this get made? Like, uh, it probably will be anyway. <laughs> I hope they do it, because I'd love to hear them talk about it. Um, and then the last thing I'm doing is I'm going back through the original 80s, Ninja Turtles cartoon show because I've never actually seen all ten seasons of it. 
Wow. Uh, just the uh, mostly just the first and second seasons, and the first season's amazing. Um, I mean, for what it is, um, still fun. Yeah, you know, like it has this uh, like specific storyline that's sort of serialized, where um, uh, like they introduce all the characters, uh, and then this the second season, there's this alien that uh, crashes on Earth, and then has this like these sh- crystal shards that break up and. Sp- uh, s- split up across New York and then the Shredder and the Turtles are each trying to collect them all so that they have like the ultimate power and uh, the Shredder ends up with most of them. And that's yeah. all I watched. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Just to clarify, the horse did not die on the set of Never Ending Story. Oh, good. Well, that's the story they're Internet rumor. <laughs> um, and also, uh, Kimball is the only name that Schwarzenegger's credited for in Kindergarten Cop. So it's Richard Kimball. So it's Richard Kimball. Okay. Dick Kimball. <laughs> he is. Uh, James, what'd you watch this week? Uh, I got a chance to see Annihilation. Um, so... How'd you like it? Yeah, I really or liked that movie. did you? Um... The it's it's one of the harder ones to talk about with other people because every time I go to talk like there's certain friends where I'm like you guys you really like sci-fi go see this movie but then I always give them the caveat of I have no idea if, I can't tell you if you're gonna like it or not I just think you should at least see it you know yeah it was, um, it was really hard revealing it last when, week when it was <laughs> over um, when it was over I I leaned over to Brooks and I was like I I feel like that must have been what it was like for people to have seen like the thing for the first time in theaters or or even a 2001 where like but but better than 2001 because the the nice thing is the, the thing that is so amazing to me is this is a movie that takes you to some weird places and obviously I won't talk much about it but there's ta- a heart to it though yeah well no that's actually my problem but yeah so takes you to some weird places but what's amazing about what he achieves is that he gives you all the pieces and the caveat here being that I've watched enough sci-fi in my life that I know some of the, you know, there's probably just things I've seeped in. So he's using a language that I just inherently know maybe, but Mm -hmm. my hope is that, you know, you almost universally, if you're watching this movie and paying attention, he's giving you all the pieces so that by the time you get to the end of the film, when really weird shit is happening and he's not telling you why you actually understand kind of what's going on. What is desired by entities that are being interacted with um why it's doing certain things and then you're going into that you know usually relatively rich uh you know ground of trying to ask some ethical questions about okay well what does that mean then if if what i think is happening is xyz does that mean this is good does that mean this is bad what you know and if you're living in that spot then i think you're getting a pretty great movie Mm -hmm. um and i think it's pretty amazing that he can make a film that goes to really weird places but but takes you there like mm-hmm. it lets you understand what you're looking at mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it's really fantastic i will say the the thing that to me makes this always inferior no matter how cool it is or how intelligent it is always makes this movie to me inferior to something like an arrival and not just because you know i want to you know Pout, well, I thought you might have. I thought more, you might have gone to Ex Machina because of the director. But no, I. Well, I would almost say Ex Machina. I, I, but, I, I guess. It's, or, it, hold on. It, it's it's more that those are movies that I think have have a bit more heart and ha- are, are trying to say something about how we live our lives that then I can carry with me. Whereas this is a movie that, as cool as it is to think about, and I have thought about it a lot, I never go. 
there's always sort of a therefore what. Like at, at the end of the day, like I look at this thing and go, okay, under these circumstances, these things are really cool to think about, but it actually doesn't have as big of an impact in my day-to-day life as as my favorite kind of science fiction does, which sometimes is a little bit less hardcore sci-fi than this is, mm-hmm. um, but it's still just really enjoyable. So I would just say it's it's a movie that I think people should definitely see, especially if you're into that kind of heavy sci-fi. You should know, and you'll know it from the trailer, that there's obviously some disturbing images that I know some people have... Like, I know some people who have gone to see it and been like, well, I kind of wish I'd known that it was going to be that bad. Um, but I think that's also part of what's really cool about it. Even some of the things that are spoiled by the trailer are way better slash worse in the movie. Um, and I think a lot of the... Like, the mo- the trailer, as much as it spoils too much, pulls enough of its punches that I think it's still really effective. There's a couple of scenes that are still real good. Um, I feel so. I feel kind of like you were. I've had, I had enough sci-fi language when watching it to understand what was going on, but there was a level of ambiguity that was still apparent to me that I could that I could play with in that yeah. sandbox. Oh, um, absolutely. Um, <laughs> that being said, though, the one thing that, like, and I, I mean, once they've all seen it, we can discuss it, but within the last 20 minutes, I understand what's happening, but I'm also aware that it's allowing me to watch it like a ballet, Well, I, um, I th- which I thought was beautiful as opposed to just having some cheap-ass dialogue. I totally agree. Yeah. I, my, yeah, I, th- I think the movie... The movie communicates properly so that that way when you get to the end and weird stuff is happening you understand what is happening mm-hmm. and sort of why it's happening right but you don't necessarily know like the motivations and that's where you get to sort of live and ask these questions about like oh is this good is this bad you know that that whole thing mm. which i think is really interesting um but yeah like, there's, there's a lot of really cool sci-fi questions and if you've watched a lot of movies like this you, you know this is just a it's got some really cool stuff to think about. I like I said. I just to me, it comes away with an inhuman heart. Um, I've called it like uh, in my head, like a grittier arrival, like a, an unhappy arrival, like in, in a way, in, not like uh, not see, fully. I, but I would like, go so far as to say, call it like a soulless arrival. That, that's but, a, that's a better way to say it, um, actually. But that's not a bad thing. Oh no, I, I, um, I give it four and a half stars on Letterboxd because yeah. I, I think the movie's incredible. I'm just saying, if I were going to say one negative thing, it's that it doesn't it doesn't give me something to hold on to. It's just cool. And that's great. That's great. Just know that that's the kind of sci-fi you're going into. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I think that was that was really good. Uh, I also, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek Voyager lately. Uh, and so this last weekend, when I had a little bit of time, because that's my personal favorite show, Star Trek show. Um, that was the one that I loved the most. Like, grew up in that era watching that one. I mean... We watched a lot of DS9, but I fell off when the war happened because I was like, dude, I'd rather go play in the Lego room than watch this shit. This is too much politics and garbage. Uh, and the Bajorans are the, like, they're the river song of, of Star Trek. Um, so they, uh, which is the worst thing. For, for anybody who doesn't watch Doctor Who, the worst thing. Anyway. Um, which so seasons are you on? I just started at one. So I'm almost done with season one, you know? But I was watching through, and then over the weekend, I was like, hey, actually, Sunday night, I was like, you know what? I, I was flipping through my Amazon uh, list, and I saw CBS All Access on there, and I was like, ah, maybe I should go ahead, because all of Discovery is over now. Like, I should go ahead and catch up and give it a shot. I canceled mine. Uh, so I... <laughs> good. Um, Not paying anything till season two. <laughs> so I, uh, I, I... Well, I got another seven-day trial. 
because I signed up through Amazon this time instead of just signing up direct. So more freeness. Anyway, uh, but it doesn't really matter because I started watching, uh, I think it was episode four, and immediately realized that was the last episode I had watched and thought, well, that's probably good. That way I'll kind of like, it'll catch me up on what was going on because it was like, you know, four, four or five months ago, whatever. And then I'll keep moving forward. And like seven minutes in, I just turned it off and, and went over to Netflix and watched Mute, uh, which is the new Duncan Jones film that's on uh, Netflix, I think, starting this week. Um, so... Maybe I'll go back to Discovery. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But Voyager's really good. So I'm just having a lot of fun with just watching Voyager. How has it held up in the last, like, 20 years? Okay. If you like Voyager a lot, it, it holds up okay. Uh, it's hard to beat Next Generation. Yeah, there's episodes where I'm just like, eh, yeah, okay, you know. Um, and then there's episodes where I'm doing other stuff. You know? I feel like popular theory is that it really picked up when Seven of Nine joined the crew well yeah i mean and i think that was like like season three season four yeah kess is a weak spot yeah um the kess heavy episodes are not great Um, but there's some fun the the thing that propels season one so well i think is that you because they're very very lost you want them to get a win like and there's a lot of just cool problems that they keep running into like when cheese infects the ship um because there's an episode where, where Neelix learns how to make cheese, but without the replicator, so he has bacteria, and the bacteria gets into the gel packs on the ship, and it amazes all the things. Like, there's some cool things where... I mean, that's a lame one. But I was, yeah, using the example. Cheese there's infects some, the ship. The, yeah, they come up with, you know, because the they can't just replicate all their food, so they're trying to figure out these other solutions, and they're, you know, retrofitting parts of the ship to do different things. And, like, those are the things, the parts about it that, to me, are really fun. Um and I, I think, think they can't use the replicators because like it uses too much power, and so um, like they're scaling back on. There's some yeah, there's some stuff that they're like short on for some reason. So um, anyway, uh, better move on before Ryan just dies of boredom. Yeah. Anyway, um, fuck. Can we talk Voyager about any more Star Trek this episode? Yes. God. Hey, my we- mom likes this part. All right, fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, I, I actually think that season one so far is pretty fun, and I like a lot of those characters. Um, Kim Kim is maybe one of the weaker spots because they try to make Kim into the O'Brien, where there's just episodes where they beat up Kim a lot, and because like O'Brien in a lot of the other shows has a lot of uh, there's actually a term for it. Um, everybody hates O'Brien or something. Anyway, Toby. Well, they made a whole from the office uh, comic about him. Chief yeah. O'Brien. Yeah, like Chief, Chief O'Brien <laughs> is one of those characters who has a lot of episodes where he gets stuck in a pocket universe or whatever, and like just bad shit happens to Chief O'Brien and he has to solve it, and by the end of the episode he's good. And like everything's okay, but nobody else realizes how bad it was for O'Brien. Like there's a lot of those. Kim has some of those. The nice thing is there's one where Kim just isn't in the episode, but he's stuck in a pocket universe the whole time, and then they pull him back and he's like, Oh man, that really sucked. And I'm like, Hey, at least we didn't have to suffer with you, buddy. Isn't um, there like I think by season five or six, they finally acknowledge like, oh man, you haven't got a promotion. Yes, for the longest time, you've been an ensign. Well, since. that's true of like everyone in every show. Um, it's very rare that anybody gets promoted on a Star Trek show unless somebody leaves, you know, um, or dies. But, but yeah, no, it's true. Yes, you're right because he is an ensign for a very long time. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, I I still like it. So anyway, I started. I watched Mute. The Duncan Jones film that's on Netflix, uh, which apparently Netflix is just crazy for Blade Runner ripoffs right now, uh, which is what they sort of sell it as. Um, Mute's okay. 
I, there's a lot of times where I don't understand where it's going or what it wants to be. And so I just kind of got bored at certain sections. Um, so I'll just give you sort of the pitch, which is mute takes place in the future, um, in a blade runner esque sort of future where there's just a lot of like body augmentation with robotic parts and a lot of just big neon signs and a lot of nighttime and rain. Um, and, uh, oh, and they're in, they're in Germany, uh, but I don't know where, just some city in Germany. Uh, and Alexander, what's his face? Skarsgård. Skarsgård, thank you. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård of, of Vampire Toothy TV show True um, True Blood. Is, the, is the mute guy. Basically, he, they, you don't really see it, but I, I think fell out of a boat and gets his, his like, voice box ripped out by the propeller of a speedboat when he's a kid. Sweet. Um, and, but because his mother is, a, is Amish... Uh, or maybe he was. Oh no! I th- actually now I'm putting it together. I think he was out swimming and the speedboat just goes by him. Uh, but his mother is Amish in this weird Blade Runner future, which just lots of butter. This is the point where I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Did they raise a barn? Um, and so day. she's not allowed. She doesn't allow them to put so a robotic <laughs> voice box in his in his neck. So he is mute, um, and he's got this scar on his neck. Um, which that on its own, I was like, oh, cool. Like, is this going to deal with? How does this guy who was raised to Amish, you know, technology and stuff, or just Ask if Kelly this McGillis. if this movie had been you, you're going where I was going, if this movie had been <laughs> Witness but in a Blade Runner future, I would have been like, this is great, um, but it's not. Um, so the whole Amish thing really has nothing to do with the story, other than it's an excuse for him to not have a voice box. They got rid of um, the interesting stuff and put in a lot of pedophilia stuff for some reason. So Yeah. So then Duncan Jones has a lot of pedophilia stuff in this movie. Um, so uh, basically his girlfriend he goes missing and he starts looking for her. Meanwhile, Paul Rudd is in this movie. Uh, and so is Justin Thoreau. Ryan's favorite guy, Justin Thoreau. Um, and they are like they're doctors who run Justin like an Ontario. Justin Terrio. Uh, they're they're doctors who run like an underground medical center, and they do these augmentations on people. And they're not great. Justin Thoreau is a pedophile. There's a lot of time spent on that. It's really too bad. You kind of don't know how things are going to interact until they do, and when it does all come together, it's kind of just a revenge film. And then, yeah, there's a couple cool action scenes where he beats people up with a bedpost, uh, but it's a fancy bedpost, um, and that's kind of okay. And then there's a scene at the end where somebody dies real bad with a knife, and that part is pretty awesome to watch, but gruesome, but at least holds your attention more than most of the film. Um, so I don't know. I can't necessarily recommend it. And then, and then, like he, at the end, he dedicates it to people who, to the people who chose to be parents, and then he dedicates it to his parents. Um, but I guess I don't understand how this movie has anything to do with parents, other than that there is a child in it who is getting protected at certain points. Um, so it's okay. Uh, it's not great. The more, the farther away from it I get, the less I'm like impressed at all by it. Um, the, but, the three strangest buzzwords for a movie: Amish, jet ski, and pedophiles. pedophiles. Yeah, 
Um, so anyway, use those words. Come up with something, Warner Brothers. You might check it out. But what you should definitely check out is that I got a chance to go see Fifty or Shades of Fifty. Fifty. What's it called? Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, Miss Gray will see you now. Mrs. Gray will see you now. I'm just going to ask one question right off the bat. Did he finally get a job that actually makes sense? No. No. Ah, no, no. fuck. No. no. His I'll job ask makes my question. Sense. Did he hang dong? Uh, no. No, he does not hang dong. Then who That's, cares? Jesus actually, Christ. Actually, one of the more offensive... I will say, this movie is certainly more offensive than the other ones, and not because of any of the sex, uh, but for two reasons. One, this is more degrading to women in the scenes where no sex is happening than any of the other films have been. And she's the only one who gets naked pretty much ever. And sometimes she's just naked in odd scenes where you're like, why is she naked in this scene? Other than I, I guess at this point they're just like, well, the only people seeing this movie is like pervy dudes who are coming to see a lot of her naked. Um, I think she is the only naked one in the movie. Yeah. She's the only naked person in the movie, which like in the past, usually like there's some dude buns and some weird thrusting and like like that thing where like you know they shot his dick but then they cropped it out just barely you know like in the actual camera it's there yeah. but they just carefully made sure they were like right above the line so at least there you felt like okay you're trying to equal opportunity offend with your nudity but here i'm sorry they did not henry there's this is ju- he gets shirtless sometimes, but there's not even like cool scenes where he's like drawing boxes on his chest and talking about his naughty parts, like which was the only way that. to make his chest halfway interesting. So, right. So I came in a little late because uh, you did. Oh, so you missed maybe the best part of the film, which is their the montage of their merit of their wedding, which is over in about thirty seconds. Uh, it's like the movie starts and they just get married. And he were there any werewolves at the wedding? No, there were no he werewolves. Got angry awesome. and ran off into the woods. That would have been great. And obviously, it didn't last forty-five minutes like the deer hunters. So. But like right. the howling werewolves, I don't want any of those werewolves from I Twilight. Want, I want <laughs> the marsupial werewolves. I want werewolves that will rip arms off. I people. wanted Billy Burke to show up at their wedding. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, you did miss like their wedding happens because I was reading the IMDb page. Kim Basinger's in this movie. For she's like standing in the corner. Like I don't even know if she got paid. Like it may it may be that they CG'd her into the background. So I was getting popcorn for my wife. And Actually, she may drinks. have a line. She may have a line. At Maybe the they could use footage from the last movie. Maybe and put it. I mean, what one? else is she doing? So, I don't know. Marsha Gayhart made it very clear at the end of that second one that she did not want him, her around their children anymore. But you did. You missed the first moment when I went. Oh no! I forgot how bad this is because they're at the wedding and. And this is like um, 90 seconds into the film. They're at the wedding and the dancing has started. And he walks over to the, to to his new wife and says, you want to get out of here? And I'm like, y'all, you spent a lot of money for 20 minutes of a wedding. They, and they and they just leave. And that's when the wedding well, is over. He's a billionaire. He can afford well, it. Yeah, I'm just saying. He, he's an entrepreneur. There is no. Of what? <laughs> probably, probably because she doesn't have Building? any actual friends and neither does he. <laughs> as evidenced by the film. So... He's Wait, clearly just paying whoever you know, is in the audience. I will of the give wedding. this credit too. This film, one thing credit. So in the second film, her all her dialogue was she was asking why. Yes. So she'd say, "Why? But why?" She doesn't say that too much in this. No, she, I did. She come in. she pretends to be a sort of yes. I did come or in a when therapist. she. Uh, Either way, it doesn't work out. Were they in Italy or something? Uh, yeah, I don't sure. know. There's some yeah, European Europe, country. They're in Europe, you know, um, where people get naked a yeah, lot. Yeah, get naked on the beach. I guess there are southern naked people at the beach. I don't know that we saw any of them. I guess, I don't remember. It was implied. Yes, so she wants to take off her top. 
but he won't let her. Hey, don't you do that. Your boobs are for me. Yeah, and then he goes swimming, and when she co- when he comes back, she's not wearing her top. She took it off because she's starting to rebel. And then he gets, like, pissed, throws her bathing suit at her. He's like, get up. We're getting out of here. And the next scene's, like, him, like, sh- her, like, rubbing him on a jet ski. And then they go, fuck. Yeah. I'm like, could you ever treat somebody that way? And they were like... Oh, so, okay. There is one scene... So, yes. Almost every scene of dialogue between the two of them is more offensive than any of the sex in this movie, uh, which is part of what's so terrible about these films, is that, like, they literally were like, we're going to make a movie about, like, taboo sex. But none of the sex is taboo. There's just a lot of it, and it's boring. And then all the parts between where people are talking is offensive like offensive and we'll get to some of those but there is one sex scene that is in relation to that because there's a couple scenes like this where where she like pretends like she's going to be assertive but then of course as soon as he raises a fuss she's like okay i guess right well after like two or three of those then there is what i would consider to be a genuinely uncomfortable scene where he basically ties her down and tortures her but sexually and i was like okay this isn't okay like, now you're actually showing me... Do you know the scene I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Now you're actually showing me something that's not, like, cool taboo sex with a safe word. Like, well, I mean, I will say, it's the one scene where she actually uses her safe word because he's being an abusive asshole. What is it, banana? No, uh, it's, it's red. red. <laughs> I had to think about it. I was like, Which is weird red. because they're in the red room. So if she said, we're in the red room, that would be her safe word. Yeah, like, the whole plot is... Someone's trying to ruin his company. The dude who had the cigarette at the end of the second one and burnt right. a hole through the picture that he stole from them. No, the Which, picture that he took off of. Uh, he took a picture of their family picture with his iPhone. Yes. and then printed that. Picture oh, that's right. That's just right. Just so that he could burn it with the cigarette. Which, uh, at some point, I will t- explain to you the entire plot of the villain and all the things that he does and 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 like why he does them, and you will understand that none of it makes any sense. But go ahead. Yeah. So he. He I was her remember. boss in the second yeah, one. Yeah, right? so, so she goes on vacation and she's been at her job for like what two weeks? Oh, but less. she's but she's been in, on her honeymoon so right. a day. She's had her new job since that guy got fired for like three days. Yeah, and so she, she became an editor yeah, very so, quickly. So she comes back and her office is remade. I don't remember what it looked like in the first last. No movie, one so. did. So, it looked like that. Okay, so and uh, so there's this like this scene where her assistant said, "Oh, we changed your." Um, email to Anastasia Shuck. Gray or whatever. Yeah, because, you know, your last You're name married. is married. And she said, no, change it back to Anastasia Steele. The next scene is... Five minutes later. Five minutes later, this happens. Yeah. Gray, fuck, what's his name? Christian? Christian. Like, he walks in, he's like, I've tried to email you, like, seven times. She's in the middle of a meeting, and he walks up, like, face-to-face right. face with this dude, and, like, intimidates him out of the room, and then he's like, that's a pretty handsome dude, and you're like, really, motherfucker? Like, this fast, you're gonna... This is her job. Like, you're the worst. And then, yeah, he's yeah. like, I've been trying to send you emails all morning. And they've been sent back. There's no Anastasia Gray here at WeMakeBooks.com. <laughs> yes. Wherever she works. I <laughs> wish that was the name of their company. <laughs> and so they, she's like, I want to be independent from you at work. So, you know, I want to be Anastasia Steele. But in the same conversation, in the same sentence, she says, but I'll think about it. No. Yeah. So then then he (laughs) says, like, well, or no, she says to him, like, well, would you, if it was really important to me, would you change your name, you know, for me? And he goes, I'd think about it. And then she's like, well, okay. I guess I'll I'll, I'll hyphenate it. I guess I'll be Anastasia Gray. No, no, no. She doesn't have, she just changes her name. She just caves in. It happens in every scene in this movie where, like, 
There's a conflict that's introduced immediately, and this is true of the last one. There's a conflict introduced. It's immediately like it immediately flares up into a problem and is then pretty much squashed. And by squashed, I mean Christian gets what gets what he wants because she's a terrible, stupid person. Here's a quick summary. I don't agree with what you're doing to me. Shut up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Altman is in this movie. Yep. Uh, he walks in for like a second. And he says, hey, you did a really good job picking out that book. It sold a lot of copies. And then he left. And I don't but, know why he's there. In that scene, though, she's looking at um, like There's proofs. an extended cut. Yeah. She's looking at proofs for the cover, the jacket of the book. And she's like thinking about it. And then the next, the next scene, she's walking out of uh, we bought, we buy books.com And <laughs> that cover is in the window that's like 20 yeah. feet long. So yeah, it makes no sense. That doesn't make sense. The, the bad guy in it. Okay, like, should I explain? Yes. Okay, so here's what he's clearly done. <laughs> so the what we what we find out by the end of the film. Is well, that, see, and they also find out because Christian Grey is able to pay guys who bring him envelopes with information about people. Yeah, I don't know who these people are. And then he's like exposition machines. They're like, hey. They found some more information about your mom. Right. And detectives? it's like an, a man, it's a, they, they found the, it like under a rock. He never says Private a detective. Eyes. No, yeah. yeah. They're like, okay. And they open up the manila envelope and like, oh, here's something about the orphanage you came from. Yeah. He pays off plot so, devices. That's what he does. <laughs> so here's what the villain has done. So the villain was also in the same fraternity or fraternity orphanage. Uh, the same uh, like orphanage as as Christian Grey. Um, or was it a was it a foster home? No, it's an orphanage because okay. he so got taken into the he, foster home. Yes, so because yeah, his mom was a crack So the lesson, for the record, real the quick, 20s. the lesson <laughs> from this movie is that if you are an orphan, you either get uh, adopted by ridiculously rich people who do quote business and make ridiculous money, and you're fine except for the fact that you like to torture your girlfriend, or you become an evil supervillain who can do weird, crazy things. Excellent. So he goes, he goes, he grows up. And he has this vendetta against Christian Grey, and he gets a job working at We Buy Books. And he's sitting there waiting, hoping that a young woman will come in and fall in love with Christian Grey so that he can try to rape her and then take on a whole plan against him. Mm -hmm. So then that happens in the second movie, even though we don't know any of this connection. But that's clearly what he's apparently done, is sit around waiting so that he has a chance to attack Christian Grey. He also put put red makeup underneath his eyes. Oh, yeah. So he looked like he was tired and crazy. They basically took him... (laughs) They did what they did to to his character, like that actor, what they did in, uh, in It's Always Sunny when... And when the game yes. gets on gets on crack and like all of a sudden they just look terrible and you're like oh my goodness like how did you go from like this nice well coiffed guy to a week later being like this weird crackhead evil villain with his hair in his in his face um so then he just starts like so he's he's super spy breaks into christian's office using like like you know mission impossible tools and stuff and gets in and, like, what, copies some files or some shit? Yeah. Like, nothing of value, doesn't really do anything of note. Um, and then just, like, threatens people for about 30 minutes, you know? Until finally, during during one of Anastasia's, like, I'm I'm being rebellious, and he's going to New York, and he told me to be safe because there's this guy trying to kill us all. But, but she went out. Be, she went out, be with and he told girl. her not to go out. I know. He, he said, "You you stay here." And you, she's like, "But I want to meet up with my with my with my friend, friend yeah, person. who I think is also his sister, yeah, I, uh, or sister in law. I don't know. She doesn't actually have any friends. All of her friends are related to Christian. So in one way or another, except for the gay guy, but he's like he doesn't do anything. Yep. 
Um, so <laughs> random. He's yeah, he's just the only except friend for the gay shows. guy. It's Im- it's important because there's well, a scene if, that doesn't make any sense. If you're thinking that you're like, whoa, this is all over the place. This is the fucking movie. It's explaining the movie to you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> this is what happened. I've already I've already seen the first two, so I know. So that then, this is how crazy you can get. So she gets back from that night. She doesn't get attacked while she's out. No, no, <laughs> that would make sense. She comes back with her bodyguard, and she's walking through the house. And he's broken into their house, this crazy rich guy's house, with a giant ass knife. I mean, it's like three foot long, like silly Halloween knife. <laughs> That's it's like, not a knife. And it's like machete from Jason versus Freddy. Yeah, it takes up a half the screen when he tries to stab her. <laughs> but you it. also forgot to mention that she goes to her bedroom and tries to flip on the switch on the wall, and it doesn't turn on in a crazy rich people mansion. I mean, come yeah, on, yeah. how do you so, not know you're in danger? So I guess he cut the power, but then she walks over to the table and turns on the lamp he just he just <laughs> broke that switch okay come on and that's then, what you do when you're gonna attack somebody is you go in and you strategically unwire certain switches just to confuse them yeah just to throw them off so, so you can stab at them but don't worry his security guards take so her, care of yeah him. the security guard runs in and of course just like knocks the guy out doesn't shoot him or whatever but like attacks him and saves her um and so that's the end of that. I guess he goes to jail, but he gets on bail for like well, half no, a million dollars. He, he applies for bail. He applies for bail. That's he not, puts, I mean, that's how sub- it works. But. He submits his application for bail and it gets approved <laughs> at a half a million dollars, which is a lot of money. But apparently he has that from all of his pension from, from WeWork we Books. books. <laughs> uh, and so he pays off his half a million dollars and he gets out of jail. But nobody tells Christian. None of his folder people show up to tell Christian that he's out of jail. He ran out of money for plot devices. And then, well, there's more. So during these sequences, like, they've been having sex and shit. Oh, they go to Aspen for no fucking reason. And she asks him about babies. He's like, oh, yeah, "Yeah, I'm just not ready for a baby. They're already married. I want to be me and you for a while. But then she comes back from the court. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. (laughs) You're you're making this too nice. She says, she says something about children. And he's like, don't you want children? Or she says, don't you want children? He's like. No, and he gets really vicious about it um, in a terrible way and then just leaves. And then it's not till later that he's like, well, I'm just, I don't want to have kids right away because I want to, I'm afraid that like it'll take attention away from me. And guess like, what happens? She gets pregnant. Yeah, then, well, first you <laughs> randomly cut to a table with some like, some like little bottles on it and then like her walking through a hallway and then just a doctor says, oh, you're pregnant. Like, it's so oh, terrible. Right. I remember leaning over to Brooks and going, where are we? <laughs> like, you're just suddenly in a different place. And now she's pregnant. And, uh, of course, she doesn't tell him right away. Uh, doing some research, uh, Ryan, did you and Laura have a conversation about wanting to have kids before you got married? No. no I mean, up? who she, would have that conversation she, she, before you get married? Are you? Yeah. yeah, I James, mean, I don't know. No, 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 no. And you I know, just wait till after. Yeah, yeah. when my okay. wife's like, I want to have a baby. I was eating steak, and I was like, no, <laughs> no. And then I went out drinking with uh, this girl I used to fuck. Oh and yes, th- that's right. And then I come back and I'm too drunk and I pass out. But wait. then she texts the lady I used to fuck. Texts me. And and Laura saw it, and she got so fucking mad. And then the next morning, she's naked, changing in front of him. So, but that was <laughs> after she finally tells him. Oh, that's right. That, I yeah. don't remember. So then she it's comes, and I, there's another scene that looks. I think it's framed exactly the same, where they're sitting together, and she's like, "I'm pregnant," and he goes, "What? Well, you're but you're on like some birth control." Yeah. Um, and she says, "Well, people fucking babies." 
Yeah, well, and something. he's like, Bleh. he gets mad, like, your only fucking job is to not get pregnant. Like, that's basically what he's yeah. doing, is like, all you had to do was take your birth control. Like, blah, 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 blah. And uh, so he gets, like, unnervingly divorced this man immediately, furious with her, and storms out. You can't and, convince her, though. She's past this point. And may or may, ha- may or may not go have sex with Kim Basinger, who is not in the film. Yes. That's implied. <laughs> <laughs> Much like the sex in this film. Uh, so then, yeah, and then she goes and sleeps in the red room for. But none of it makes any sense. I don't know what she's trying to do. She just locks herself in that room I'm for a while. There's only one key for it that he can't get in. Yeah, never she ex- could fucking leave. They've never explained it, but no. I'm guessing. Yeah, but she's the worst character ever. She's just stupid. Ugh. But anyway, then he, and not because she gets pregnant. For the record, but then he kidnaps the bad guy. Kidnaps Christian's sister. Demands five yes. million dollars while they're still fighting. Oh but, oh, but we're skipping over the part where he learns how to play the piano and sing. Really oh, that's fast. right. That was really good. So in Aspen, oh, do the Aspen part. Aspen. So, oh, yeah. So, so no, he wants to apologize. So he's like, so they they go to get on a plane. Oh, which we skipped over the plane thing too. Yeah. So they, he's like, so he wants to surprise her with a weekend at Aspen with her friends, but all of her friends are just his family. Yeah. It's like his sister. His or his sister's boyfriend, her one friend, who is then also dating his brother. I think, yeah, because remember something? the the big subplot of that he was sleeping with their realist or their architect. A subplot that goes nowhere. But she just happens to be in Aspen to buy an engagement ring to sh- with the dude. Right, right. We skipped over. There's a whole scene where he buys a house for her, and Ariel Kebble walks into this movie for 15 minutes, and. Uh, she's in this like really tight dress that's that's you know very revealing, and she's like hitting on Christian the way no woman has ever hit on a man. Like people don't hit on rock stars like she does, and it's just ridiculous. And so she finally gets a she you know well when Christian leaves she's like you're gonna stop hitting on my husband and blah 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 blah. And it's the one scene where like Anastasia is actually kind of a character, and you're like. Good for you. Okay. I mean, you're fighting a cartoon villain, but okay. At least you can do that. You know, that's at least something. Um, and then Ariel Kebble comes back when she's, like, maybe having sex with his brother, who's also about to get engaged to her friend, and we're supposed to care, or she's supposed to do something. But she was only in Aspen to help Christian's brother pick out an engagement ring. Right. I, I guess we're supposed to believe but, that. So the greatest part she is... She does nothing to help her so friend. They're her in friend this is... really like swanky Aspen mansion. Yes. And all oh of a sudden you gosh. hear... Uh, was it Imagine? No, it wasn't Imagine. It's uh, it's some um, Beatles song. What is it? Hi, That'd be way no. better. May- oh, maybe it is it Imagine. Is... No, John no it's not Imagine. Well, it's, yeah, um, but... Anyways, he's, yeah. he's playing the piano and whichever, singing. Whichever Beatles song is cheapest right now. He's playing the piano and singing, and Anastasia's, like, standing on, like, the stairway, like, looking at him dreamingly, and she said, did, did you know he plays? And his sister says, no one's ever heard him play the piano or sing ever. And then they go on a hike, <laughs> and she's talking to his brother, and he's like, I've never seen Christian cry. He's probably the toughest guy I know. And I'm not even, like... Paraphrasing, that's actual dialogue yes. of him saying that. And I don't think there's a Which lead I'm in. gonna contest greatly. They, I don't even <laughs> think there's nowhere a, near tough. I don't think there's a lead into that line. I think they walk around a tree and the guy just says, I've never seen Christian cry. He's okay. he's probably the toughest guy I know. That was great. But then the cartoon villain totally kidnaps my best his friend. sister, <laughs> yes. asks for five million dollars, Anastasia gets it for him. five million dollars. Mm-hmm. 
This guy has crazy helicopter money. Ask for $5 million. You know, yep. just a little bit. Yep. Just a little bit. Pocket change. And then yeah. she ends up shooting him in the leg. Oh, no, wait. Yeah. Anastasia <laughs> she, or the sister? Anastasia, Anastasia gets the gun back, shoots him in the leg. Well, first of all, he call, the bad guy calls her and says, like, hey, I need you to give me $5 million. But she doesn't tell Christian. She just goes to the bank. Oh, that's right. And then the bank manager, when she shows up at a bank, by the way, for the record, anybody writing a script, banks don't have $5 million in cash, period, ever. They barely have 100000 so, in Federal Reserve. Right. <laughs> so she walks into this bank. She's like, I need $5 million. I'm like, I don't know. And the bank manager is like, well, okay. So he leaves and he calls Christian and comes in and is like, your husband wants to talk to you. And she's, she doesn't tell him, hey, uh, your sister's been kidnapped. Uh, he wants $5 million. It's like chump change. Who gives a shit? Let me take over, take care of this thing. I got a gun. It's going to be okay. And, you know, I don't know what you do that. for a living, but whatever it is, you clearly do it well. Yeah. <laughs> I, she doesn't no, really you that. have to trust me, Christian. No, she, she just that? cries. Because at this point, this is right after the baby <laughs> thing. So he thinks that, like, they're breaking up or something. Um, like, it's supposed to be conflict, but it's not. And because whatever. And so she takes the, the she takes the money. He walks in the front of the bank at that moment. And she's like, I want to use your back door, your back exit. And I need your phone. And she leaves. And the phone thing was ki- at least a smart, like, oh, okay, hey, you did something smart. Because she steals his phone, so the bad guys take the wrong phone, so she has her real phone. So they can track her or some shit. But Christian can track her on his phone, yeah. and he has 911 on speaker, and they're like, follow this to here. And like, the next shot is, like, oh the cops, like, going, <laughs> like, wait, they're not supposed to know, but the cops are coming with sirens blazing and driving like they're in chips yeah like oh yeah uh, it's ridiculous it's ridiculous so the only way you can make that better is if you cut it to footage from a 30s gangster movie where the cop car is coming around a corner well just like every cop from every era that that is the shot yes it is so uh so the uh yeah so then she gets she gets slapped twice she -hmm. falls down she gets kicked in the stomach she grabs a gun shoots the guy and then she blacks out and falls into a coma don't Mm -hmm. know why um, then we find out that the, there was a girl henchman that's working with her mm-hmm. who's doing all of this kidnapping people because he videotaped them having sex and has threatened her with it. Yep. Because he's going to do what? Put it on the internet? And like, so it's worth it if, to kidnap people? If I have some chick and some guy's like, you need to kidnap this chick for me or I'm pissing on it, put it on the internet. Yeah. Oh. I'm a nobody. Who cares? Yeah. 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 And then I'm going to sue you for extortion. Yeah. And I'll have proof because you put a video of me. On the and, internet. and then if I have to go to jail, I'm going to apply for bond. <laughs> I'm going to apply for bond. For bail. <laughs> for bail. Um, yeah, so then the bad guy is shot, and I guess goes to jail again. Yep. I don't think he's allowed to apply for bail again. No, I think I think he's stuck now. Yeah, you only get to apply But once. don't worry, guys. If you're wondering if Christian's okay with him having kids, he's okay now. He's learned the lesson. He has. And yeah. the, the closing shot is them with, like, two kids. Didn't or one kid and she's the pregnant. Stomach, though? She does. She did. There is supposed to be some threat there. That there, I almost thought, like, man, maybe that guy, this is terrible. But I thought, that kid might be better off. Well, or if it's, like, it would have been better writing if she did lose the baby and then Christian realized what he lost. And yeah, at least then there's something, like, yeah. something at risk here. But no, no, like, everything's just fine. Everything works out. They live in their house, their dreams. She, Their kid's cute. Then they have, she's pregnant again. And Christian still is an entrepreneur. Yeah, he he turns his money into more money. Yeah, um, doing what? <laughs> and that's Fifty Business. Shades Freed. Yeah, no one is freed. Man, no. I don't the know end what of the, the movie, fuck you two just said, little kids. But you special. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, yeah, I don't know. Very. I don't know what else uh, really offensive stuff we missed. But I can't remember. There's a lot. I think yeah. you covered the entire gamut. Is it the worst think, of the three? 
I, I can't uh, compare them. I, I can't. They're all so garbage. I've still never seen the first one. Um, the second one is more fun to watch because there's so many just ridiculous things that happen. Whereas this one's more boring, mm-hmm. but also more offensive. So I was like curled up in a ball, like doing this with my hands at the screen a lot more. Whereas the second one, I was laughing a lot yeah, more because like he almost dies in a helicopter. Yeah, at least the second one is like, so ridiculous. Yeah, like it's it's so stupid that you can have fun with it. Whereas the third this one, one's just mean spirited. Yeah, this I mean genuinely, there were a couple scenes where I was like, okay, this isn't okay. The like fir- you've got some shit here that's really bad. The first one had potential to be less stupid, but it ended up being just as stupid as the second one ended up being. That makes me it, want to go see the first just, one. I, I, I don't know. Like I just Ryan, again, I saw the two. Ryan, you and I don't over. think I'm. Yeah. The you first one they sometime. actually cared about. Like there's actual like cool set design and cinematography in the first one. Uh, the script's still fucking atrocious. But, uh, <laughs> like, they they were trying with the first one, and then the director was like, fuck this, and she quit. And the yeah. two actors were, like, kind of having fun with the fact that, like, none of this makes sense. Uh, but they also and then, hate And then after the first one, they were like, oh, we have to do this again? And so that's <laughs> when it started getting really bad, and so... True. I think all of their sex in this movie is also more boring. Yeah. Like, at least in the past one, there was, there was like, you more... You can always tell the director was bored. Somebody's getting tied up somewhere, but this was just a lot of, like, they have sex. Yep. So, they had sex in a car. They did. How do you manage to make a BDSM film boring? Mm, I, I, I can tell you, there's no BDSM in this film. No dong, no BDSM. There's one good joke. Where when the guy comes with the cartoon knife and they knock him over and the the security guards are like, the security guards don't have any restraints. And she says, oh, we do. Uh, Hold on a second. Because they have handcuffs in the red room. Get it? That's the movie, guys. Uh, No, now I've got to go yell at Universal logos for five hours. Yep. To, yeah. to tell them, please don't make this ever. Don't don't follow this. You know what you can do, Universal, is take this film, put it immediately into the public domain, and then set all the prints available on fire. So that yes, it's in the public domain, but no one can find access to it. I would see another one. <laughs> no, no, you wouldn't. Uh, really quickly, I watched uh, Backcountry. It's going to be you'll see for part four of the Screen Factory Crypt. I've already seen it, but yeah. I'm going back and rewatching them all. Cool. It's my wife, I forgot to put in the like description. My wife says I don't watch everything twice. Uh, it's about ghost bear. This bear is attacking this couple on a retreat. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it's not really a ghost bear. Uh, it's really about people that are having um, relationship problems and get attacked by a bear. I still want to do that. Uh, kind oh, of reworked no. from a real story. Didn't we talk about this yeah. once? Because the ghost bear come from our conversation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was just joking about it being a ghost bear. No, yeah. Or so somebody it's, was. Yeah. So it's like the woods and the bear's like uh, translucent in the... Yes, on the cover yes. so it looks like a ghost bear. Uh, it's yeah. actually pretty well made. Um, the acting in it's pretty good. Um for a little independent Canadian horror film, it's pretty good. Um, so look for cool. that review. Uh, I do like that. I've been putting them up, and I've had friends in the, uh, the where I work calling and asking about like the Babadook and stuff. Cool. I was like, yeah, check them out. Uh, I I watched uh, Coco all the way through uh, with Kellen. Aww. Um And so the movie is adorable. And every did time, you cry uh, a little bit? Because and I really didn't wasn't crying. But I'll tell you why I cried. So I'm watching the movie, and Kellen's next to me. And uh, there's a part... Uh, can I spoil Coco now? Yes. I haven't seen it, but I've got it in the mail, so go ahead. Okay, so... Well, there's a part in Coco where um, 
little Miguel figures out what's important. Mm-hmm. And Kellen looks at me and he has tears in his eyes. He's like, he just wants to be with his family. And I'm like, oh. And it was really cute. And then uh, at the end, when uh, he sings Remember Me is Beautiful, um, it's it's a really dark movie at points. Uh, when you find out uh, about De La Cruz and... Um, um, Miguel, or, um, Hector. Hector. Hector, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, so it's really dark there. You're like, wow, they went there. And what I, I, I can't believe I didn't see it before. It seems so obvious, the twist in it. But when you watch it, you're, it's yeah. handled really well. And because Benjamin Pratt plays De, De La Cruz, mm-hmm. he's really charismatic and he's wonderful in it. And they do such a great job. Um, so I won't spoil it for you. Sure. But definitely watch Coco. Uh is it is it darker than Paranorman? Um, I think it's the only Pixar movie where the plot is centered around a I murder. Think yeah, it's so <laughs> I, I think that's kind of well, unfair because Paranorman was able to go places in the rating so realm that Coco can't. Different. Okay. Different dark. Yeah. But it is, it's beautiful, though. Yeah. It's a really told really beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the animation is unbelievable in that film. That final act is one of my favorite final acts in a Pixar movie um, ever. Yep. Not the last scene, but before it when they're Agreed. doing everything still in the land of the dead. Yeah. So, yeah, so when Kellen was crying because he wanted to be with his family, it made me cry. Because he was really invested in Because we tried to take him earlier, and he was like, fuck this. Also because so. you sat in your own balls. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, also, the music's really good. Oh, the music's amazing in it. And I, that's what the the Oscar performance is really kind of a letdown. It doesn't do justice to the the actual song. Cool. I, I, I think that's kind of hard though, because they you, but they did have uh, Gail Bernardo Garcia doing it at, yeah. the, at the top of it, and I liked it. But then they moved into the other artist, which yeah. I was like, eh, okay. does the DVD have the Frozen short on it? No. Okay. At least I don't think so. I didn't look for I know, it. Yeah. I, I, at least it doesn't force you to watch it first. Yeah. When I, I went and saw it, it, and granted, it was like way after it came out. I think I saw it in January. It came out in mm. November. It didn't have. No. Yeah, they took it out after two weeks. Yeah. yeah. Which they said was a planned somebody... thing, but mm-hmm. the backlash against that short was so much that I think they, they just wanted to make sure people knew, like, hey, keep going to see Coco, because we're going to take that shit off. Don't worry. Yeah, uh, and the, the last thing I watched this week uh, was also equally brilliant. It was uh, Three Billboards out of, Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yay, Thank you finally you. saw yeah, it. Yeah, I finally yeah. saw it, and it's, uh, it's brilliant. Um, the characters are really crazy in it. Uh, the only thing I have problems with is, like, Sam Rockwell threw a dude out of window and he just gets fired. I'm like, I thought the oh, same yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, that's, and I get that they're just, they're just, they must be exaggerated characters. Um, that's fine. Uh, but the movie is great. Uh, Woody Harrelson's great in it. The little bit he's in. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those movies where I, I heard people are upset with the ending, but to me, the ending seems more real than yeah. most movies. Because I, I think it's a misreading. I mean, we talked about this. They're a little they're bit, angry but. about the supposed redemption of Dixon, which is not a redemption. It's that's what that character decided to do to See, step I, out I, of the I, 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 thought, I thought they were more mad at the resolution because there really is none in yeah, the film. Exactly. Oh, it's I, more. No, it's I, more I, think, I think it's it's absolutely the idea that at the end of that movie, the guy who is openly who is. Uh, discussed to be a very racist character is basically kind of let off the hook and is turned into a nice enough character that he's sharing the same car as our main character. But again, it's a misreading of the film mm-hmm. because... So there's there's two main problems I have with this. One, 
This is a film in which none of the characters are good people. Mm-hmm. The people we think are good early on turn bad, which is Francis McDormand, who takes everything too far, makes all the wrong decisions, does terrible things, almost kills Sam Rockwell by burning down the police station. Like, sorry, spoilers. And then, you know, Sam Rockwell sort of goes the other way and has this this redemptive moment. And I, the other big problem I have is, uh, I'm sorry, if your argument is once you're a racist, you are lost forever and I have no hope for you to ever see the light, realize that you're a terrible person, realize that you think por- poorly and you can never be redeemed, I like you less than the racists, to be completely honest with you. And I, I think his moment, like that letter that Woody Harrelson sends him and and this moment where he's like, oh, I should try a little bit harder to be maybe a good person is okay. Unless the fact that, yeah, and you know, this isn't, this isn't a scene. I mean, I don't know why it's okay that we can have American history X where there's a guy who was a racist and now he's okay. And that's okay. But here, this guy who is never openly racist is just ignorant in the movie Mm -hmm. and doesn't understand and then starts to change marginally. Not huge. He's not. He's that, not that's, sainted at that, the end. That's the point yeah. I was trying to make before you cut in, which is that he does not. He takes a step towards fulfilling, yeah, what he read in the letter from uh, Willoughby, right? Which I think is more important than saying, "Ah, oh, now he's forgiven." It's like no, he he's still got a lot of anger in him, and it's unresolved from a multitude of things around him. That doesn't excuse his behavior. I never felt there was any form of resolution or redemption no. for him. It's two very lost people right. still yeah. trying to find an answer as they drive down that street. Yeah, yes. and it's you know it's what, it's what works so well with this film is you know he's reading that really sweet letter from uh, Willoughby. And he's talking about how he can be a great detective, and the building is literally burning up behind him. <laughs> so he good. just doesn't notice. Um, there's, uh, I think, Peter Dinklage is great in this movie yeah. for how Peter... small his part is. I was yeah. gonna say, yep, and uh, he's not in it, but like three scenes. And uh, you weren't here for this review, but only Martin McDonough can get away with having a little a little boy room joke, little person joke in this movie, and have it be like totally fine, mm-hmm. funny. Well done. But I think okay. that was a turning point, too, for uh, Francis McDermott's character. Yeah. When he's telling her, he's like, you're a horrible person. Right. I yeah. don't even know why I like yeah. you. I, yeah. I loved all the acting in it, but I sincerely thought that um, Dinklage's uh, monologue in that scene is one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah. And, I mean, Charlie's mom in it was great. Um, oh, God, her. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Rockwell's mom is Charlie's mom, and it's yeah. the same, it's yeah. same character, basically. I forget what she says to him, which is really funny. Um I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh, and, you know, I noticed, too, it's like yeah, when I was watching, like, where the fuck is his badge? And then they have that long thing where the, the new chief comes in and asks for it. He doesn't even know where it's at because he's a drunk. And uh, It's so good. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, and Sam Rockwell even has that great moment, too, when he gets fired. And he says, I think, I, am I fired or suspended? And the other guy's like, you're, you're fired, dude. <laughs> you don't get that? Yeah. It's a really... Uh, it's a it's a tough movie to uh, pin. Is it yeah. a drama? Is it a comedy? Um, is it a thriller? I mean, I it's, yeah. it's it, it walks so many lines and it's handled so well yeah. that the movie is. I, I think the movie's brilliant. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. a great movie. And she totally deserved that Oscar that yep. she got because yeah. if I ever saw her in a dark alley, I would stay away. Yep. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. she was so good, man. Yeah, because you know that and, one the one scene where her daughter is leaving. 
and she's like, I hope you get raped. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And, the, and it's so on the nose that the fact that the, she can pull that off is pretty great. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, the fact that she also, she walks that line of early on, you are rooting for her. And you're like, yeah, look how tough she is. And she's a no-nonsense broad, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but she doesn't change. Our perception of her changes and her performance yeah. as she does that is so good mm-hmm. and Agreed. vulnerable. Ugh. It's Sweet. hard to root for a lady who kicks two kids in the crotch. Yeah. Well, at that point, I was pretty excited. <laughs> Fuck those kids. <laughs> it's just getting started, you fucking bitch. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's great. Um, this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Red Sparrow. Henry, should people see Red Sparrow? Uh, I'm like three weeks removed from it, but uh, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> All right, that's a re-endorsement. James? Um, this movie is... Uh, uh, it's trying to be something really great, and I ended up being pretty bored and underwhelmed. Um, and I, I may have some problems with it as well. Uh, I, I'm telling people not to see it, so my answer is no. Brad? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of indifferent on it. It's really long for what it is, uh, pretty confusing at parts, um, and like unnecessarily shocking at places. Um, so... Yeah, I'd, I don't know. Maybe, maybe dangerously so. Mm-hmm. I I have some. Yeah, I'm concerned. I, I'm I'm a little concerned of like why this movie got made the way it did. Corinne? Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'd say not really. Uh, very long, kind of meanders in some places, and there's like side plots where you're like, huh, and then you get back to the main plot. You're like, oh yeah, that whole thing. Um, I think it has some really great performances, and I really liked the ending, but sure. it's like the yeah. exact opposite of all the movies I like. It's dark, it's brutal, um, it has a lot of nudity and just gross violence in it, and I mean, it's a pretty good crime spy thriller, but you gotta get through a lot of other stuff first. I'd also like to add that I'm a little exhausted with the whole like double-cross triple cross spy thing can, can spies like, just do their jobs come <laughs> on <laughs> I didn't mind that part uh, work at desk already well, uh, well, Zach um, I think this movie has a weird identity crisis uh, not just from a political standpoint but also just in terms of a storytelling aspect um, there are moments in this film between the acting and also scenes with uh, J-Law and Joel Edgerton where... She hates when people call her that. I don't care. Um, whatever. Um, she, she didn't like Phantom Thread, whatever. Um, I, um, I think that there are moments between her and Joel Edgerton that remind me of Hitchcock spy movies in the 40s. Just the way their chemistry kind of works. But Should people see it or not? But again, it's muddled with a bunch of shit that doesn't fit with what this movie's trying to tell you. I think you, I think you could do worse, but I wouldn't like say go rush out right now. Like maybe like matinee or two dollar theater. I don't think it's worth ten bucks. But yeah, it was it was superbly shot though. I like it it looks beautiful, but that doesn't excuse the story at all. 
And just to clarify, I don't think it's a bad movie either, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to people. Just because I feel like it's kind of a niche movie. Niche niche movie. Black Panther's niche still out in theaters, guys. You guys can just go watch that. Yeah, just go watch Black Panther. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> uh, I might Ryan? disagree with all you. I actually really like this movie. I like that because it was mean-spirited. <laughs> it was dark. James right, got his fighting gloves on. And um, I think that it because of the pace, it actually benefits the movie. Where it lets it breathe and it kind of helps you figure out what's going on as well. Here's a trailer for Red Sparrow. Morning, Mama. What is it? I have to go away for a while. I was told to take a man to a hotel. They said he was an enemy of the state. Take off your dress. And in exchange, my mother would get the doctor she needed. Instead, they cut his throat. There could be no witnesses. So, they gave me a choice. Die, or become a sparrow. From this day forward, you will become sparrows. Weapons in a global struggle for power. You'll be trained in psychological manipulation. You must learn to push yourself beyond all limitation. Take off your clothes. When we are finished with you, the person you were will no longer exist. Every human being is a puzzle of need. You must become the missing piece, and they will tell you anything. You have a gift. You know how to survive. This is what you were meant to do. There is a traitor in the government. His last known contact is an American. Get close to him. I thought I saw you in the pool yesterday. Are we going to become friends? Is that what you want? She's a sparrow. You only matter because of what you can do for them. Work with me and make these men pay. You are better at this than any of us. Your only problem is you have a soul. We can't trust in a word that comes out of her mouth. There's something else we're not seeing. If she's compromised, she will be eliminated. What have you done? You belong to them. They will never let you go. I'll find a way. Also, real quickly, I'm probably going to have to go just a little quickly. I need to deliver some stuff to a client, and it's like midnight here. So oh, yeah. Good luck arguing. Okay. See you guys on the flippity flop. Okay. okay. Love you, Henry. Thanks, Henry. Love you too. See you guys um, later. Bye. So now's probably a good time to say that I, I was really kind of pulling my punches because I was expecting everybody else was going to be like, yeah, that was pretty fun, and there was some good twists in there. I fucking hate this movie. Um, but I also knew like, if I say that I'm going to get accused of just going in and putting my hater pants on, um, which I didn't, You're hater I, pants. I was totally like, okay, you know, look, I got to see this movie. We'll, we'll see what it is. And early on I was like, okay, this is interesting. Oh, man. I feel like it was two and a half hours of excuses to get Jennifer Lawrence naked. Really? Well, and uh, this movie. So when I was a kid, Jake and I used to do this thing where we would, we would like draw out these factories 
right? And there were all these moving parts, and there were these like these like things, and they would drop stuff into vials, and then it would get poured over into here, and there were these vats, and all this crazy stuff happening. And at the end, like you'd get this product that would come off the end, and it would fall off, and it would just break on the ground, and there were these all these moving parts just to basically do nothing. And that's what this movie feels like to me, where there's. There's just so many ridiculous things going on and so many like, well, we're trying to cross this and like, oh, her roommate has got this thing and I'm going to use that over here to do this in like, like a, uh, oh um, yeah, that whole side like a really plot bad with Tony the... Gilroy script. Yeah. Like, I don't know how like her getting $250,000 like helps her get $250,000 she's not to do what? No, no. she's uh, setting up her, 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 uncle. her, she's setting up everything. At the beginning of the movie, they explained very clearly what they do, and she did exactly what she they said she was going to do. Oh, mm-hmm. I understand. When um, they I that, think it I'm would be a lot you. easier for her to have found a way to frame her uncle than the ridiculous things that, that, that she goes through. Um, Which you see, like, I know that when she has the dinner with her uncle after she gets out of whore school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, oh, at the end, she's going to get her uncle in trouble. But, like... Right. The other hour you have to wait for that is what was enough time for, to, for me to forget that was a thing. And I, I think the worst thing for me is I don't care. I don't like her. I don't think she's very interesting. Uh, I, she's not I, good at what she does either. I, no, she I, really I, isn't. I mean, even the matron said that. They keep telling her like, oh, you're such a great spy. Like we're bumping up to the next level. And but they she keep screws giving her all these chances she because she's well, a They actually said the only niece. reason she got going is because of who her uncle is. Right. Mm-hmm. So everyone agreed that she wasn't good. Yeah. And and I think some of it is like it's supposed to be that like, oh, she's screwing up. But but in the end, the cool reveal is that she was screwing up. Like she seemed like she was screwing up, but she actually had this grand she plan. She them over. Yeah, it just ends up being boring most of the time. Like I just, I kind of knew like, okay, well you're probably going to do this eventually, but all of the stuff between her and Joel Edgerton, I'm like, I don't care. Like, and most of the time I know he kind of knows what she's doing. And if she pulls one over on him, like I, whatever. Those, like, mom- those moments reminded me of trying to go down a Hitchcock route, but they obviously they're not going to succeed because that's like, it's not it's not possible but they 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 try to catch at that tone and i think there's moments where they almost get it but they just but they don't they they can't flow into the rest of the story the way that 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 kind of narrative would like it, that if you want to do this story between edgerton and her i'd rather see more of that than the subplot with her and her roommate in the house yeah i mean i think that there's a brilliant story here especially when when jeremy irons moment happens i was like oh this is the movie that was like the cool part of it Mm -hmm. is this reveal of oh he's the bad he's the guy which i kind of knew the whole time i was like jeremy irons is in a side role and there's a mysterious figure who's an older guy who trusts him like okay um but still when he has his speech i was like oh this is and he's good in it um, but that idea of like, oh, cool, like he's a spy and he's going to reveal himself to make her more important in the in the government so that she can be an even better informant. Like that was mm-hmm. so cool. And now, of course, they kind of find a way to cop out, which I'm fine with. That part's OK. Um, but that story is so cool. I just wish it hadn't taken so much convoluted nonsense about a character I didn't care about to get me there. 
Um, I thought the whole side plot with the American uh, Mary Louise Parker's character. Oh my gosh, that was so annoying. And finally, when they got back to the whole, oh yeah, you're supposed to be a spy and you're supposed to be getting this information from him. I'm like, oh yeah, let's get back to that plot and find out who the mole is. Right, because that didn't, I don't even, and maybe you can explain it to me, Ryan. Like, I don't understand why there's, there's the two of them in this apartment and they're both working on different projects. And, oh, well, no, I guess, no, I did know. That's right, now I'm remembering. It's because she goes to the guy who doesn't like her and explain and says like, "Hey, I know this secret about her." Mm-hmm. So they come and mm-hmm. murder her, but then that makes it okay for her to take that thing, finish it, and extend no, her own. No, she's projects. using it because remember she went. Oh yeah, because she, she stole it first. Yeah, she, that's right. She stole it, then she used it against her. So she get the two hundred fifty thousand dollars to set up her uncle. So the Russians would think that her uncle was actually the mole. Right, right. and, so and she used the discs at she, the end. Yeah, yeah. So then she also keeps Jeremy Irons around because if he's still a mole, she can still exploit him as well. That's, Which, one of the things that bugged me the whole time is, when does this movie take place? Because between the floppy disks, <laughs> the vending machines of phones, and the modern, like, Yaris's that people are driving around, I do not understand where I'm supposed to be. I figured Maybe. it was modern day. Yeah. I mean, Maybe. all the technology seemed... Except for the phones floppy being disks. Nokia phones and the floppy disks, which well, are like... Well, have you been to Russia? Older yeah. Maybe yeah. in Russia. Yeah. 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 I thought the, the government sometimes keeps stuff they on... I still use floppy disks. I thought they actually like... do that because it's less... You can't hack into it as easily. I mean, who has the technology to do that anymore? Who well, still yeah, has like floppy disk drives? But you don't have any encryption. All you have is the fact that there's a floppy drive. If you go to your local PC land and buy an old floppy drive, you could um, you could do it. Um, that, yeah. If that's what it, no no no, it can't be modern day because there's also a like vending machine full of Nokia phones. It's Russia. Maybe they don't like, have iPhones. Oh. But that was they, when they were not still like, in Budapest. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. They have uh, burners. They use flip circuit. phones for burners all the time. Yeah. Like yeah, they, the blacklist. They look like, they look like the Nokia phones from like 10 years ago. Not like a not like Maybe a it's how they are in Eastern today. Bloc Europe. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it is supposed to be set 10 years ago. Maybe Nokia changed their life. Who cares? The floppy disk makes no sense. Like, that's why the whole time I was just maddened. <laughs> I was like, wait, yeah. where am I? I don't care about stuff like that. I, oh. that yeah, I could have cared less about like the... the the whole time plot and whatnot. Usually, I wouldn't care unless for, like there's these big people plots were really into ballet. So for all I know, like this is just like this is. And a, I thought the opening this, was really cool. That was an yeah. awesome like, sequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that cut back and forth. Yeah, but part of why I end up not liking her is because she goes and beats those people to death, and I'm like, or almost. Oh no, I, I like they it. ruined her career. Yeah, I, they ruined her career. Fuck them. Let them die in the oh, shower. Okay, fine. That means and she I, does, I get to and not she like does her feel <laughs> guilty <laughs> and calls the right. ambulance for him. Right. I don't but, think you're supposed to like her character. Then I think the whole movie falls down. Like I, then, yeah. Then then why Maybe am I she, glad that she that she 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 does all of this stuff and gets revenge on her uncle? Otherwise, all then the only thing I have is I feel bad for Joel Edgerton who has to sit on the sidelines and on, try to figure out what the fuck is going on lesser and have all two, his time get wasted. The, the 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 excuse could be lesser of two evils, anti-hero. Like you could throw a lot of darts at it, but I don't know if it hits it quite the way it should. Right. But that being said, though, like it's not unwatchable. No. Except for certain parts where I'm like, wow, you guys are just pushing this. Like in the Red Sparrow scroll, especially. But there's even yeah. sequences, out, sequences outside of that where I'm just like, what does this have to do with what we're talking about here? And I just, I don't know. Like, I mean, the, the scene where she asserts control in the Sparrow School, I thought was incredibly uncomfortable and at the same time, like, 
expert tension building film. Yeah, I don't think it's supposed to. You're not supposed to be like, oh, this looks great. Yeah, yeah no, but you're not supposed to. <laughs> uh, but there's like, but everything else in that, like, she she gets assaulted twice in this film. Like, it's uncomfortable as shit. Like, yeah. It's just like, dude, like, I, I mean, like, the first time was enough. And even then, that mm-hmm. goes, like, into Girl with a Dragon Tattoo territory, where I'm like, but, dude, like, it just, I don't. You're, I don't need to see you fall to rise up and smack it, smack it across the face. I can see you smack it across the face and get the same message across. I understand what they're trying to but do. But I could also argue it's character building, too. That, because, uh, yeah. Because, you know, so the first time is when she's in that hotel room where Uncle sets her up. Mm-hmm. The second time, she actually beats the shit out of that guy. And right. then the third time, she uses it to her advantage. Right. She lets the dude hit her. Because she knew how other people would react. I don't know. I, I like. I this is why I like this movie because it reminds me of those really slow building spy movies mm-hmm. where they basically laid out the plot for you, and then at the end it all came together. Yeah, yeah. But and I did me, like the reveal movie. of yeah. her uh, that she flipped it and turned in her uncle instead of. And I even saw when they had that shot of you know the hooded guy in the helicopter and I'm like yeah that's not Jeremy Irons he's way too big I I feel like not in the same ways but in the same discussion point in terms of like how it generates reaction Red Sparrow operates on the same level of Neon Demon where it's interesting to talk about certain aspects of it I mean it would have been cool if it was Jeremy Irons at the end and they took off the thing and he said you wouldn't kill your favorite uncle would you even though that's a <laughs> you just want the actors to have been switched. Yes. That's what you want. Yes. Which would have been fun. If but you're looking for marshmallows, you'll find none in the box. <laughs> yeah. I, I will. So I feel like this is a movie that aspires to be Tinker Taylor, Taylor Soldier Spy, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I was ultimately underwhelmed when it was over. And I was just, you know, because Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, also boring. But, but then really the end good. happens. And you're like, oh, well, yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Um, so this is like the same kind of thing, but I just end up feeling like not enthused. Partially has a lot to do with the fact that I don't like anyone in the movie really. Um, but the, I will also say I remain unconvinced that this is a female empowerment story and not actually oh, would, just really yeah, degrading. I would. I, I don't um, think I would. I would. I don't think I would qualify it in that realm because of how much it contradicts itself. Yeah. But if I like, if I if I eliminate that though, and I'm just looking at her as a character, I'm not even thinking of it on that level. Like, yeah, it's it's interesting to note how she progresses from victim to like defender to ultimately like taking advantage of it. But if we're gonna use this as a whole message, no, yeah, I'm sorry. And it, it definitely falls into that trope of it's only <laughs> after fi- violence has been brought against her that she, you know. Right. She becomes a victim and, and then turns into a badass. Mm, yeah. And it, it's funny because you brought up um, uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. And I thought of that too, like during some of those scenes where I was like, okay, is this is this the same thing? But I feel like this is like if... Uh, well, maybe this is more apt. I was about to say, it's it'd be like if Brett Ratner shot Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. <laughs> like that's how well it was handled. And then I just realized... Ooh, maybe that's too on the nose. I threw up just in my mouth. Someone a little bit, of man. someone of that talent level, though. Yeah. Um, which is not. It's and, not men who hate women. It's just rape and degrading sequences where you're kind of like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't know that I'm super on board with this. Whereas, like, girl with a dragon tattoo is super uncomfortable, and you want her to fucking just destroy that guy, and she does. Um, mm. 
But yeah, it's, I, yeah. That being said, though, like I admire Francis Lawrence, the director, like pushing the the pace of this film as it is. Because I heard a lot of complaints that it was like slow and boring and whatnot. I'm like, good. We we you need to, we need to learn patience. Sit down for two and a half Agreed. hours and study this piece because it looks beautiful. It's shot beautifully. He tries some stuff that he doesn't always get away with, but he I like the attempt. Because I like, I, I would at the end of the day like to see these ideas blossom in further films, not from this series or anything, but I'd like to see those ideas blossom in other films more than I would like to see more fast-paced stuff necessarily. Like I like to think when I go to the movies. This film made me think, not like the most intelligent, but made me think a little bit. It's it's at least better than a Hunger Games movie. It yeah. makes more sense than a Hunger Games movie. Well, I like the Hunger Games, but whatever, you know. I, I, <laughs> movies are art people can interpret them any way they want mm-hmm. that's why and cannot... that's why next week we're seeing hurricane heist <laughs> i don't know oh yeah shit i have no idea what it's hurricane, hurricane heist or heist the strangers yeah or the wrinkle, can we see or, hurricane heist or the yeah. wrinkle in time oh yeah that's right it's oh, technically should be wrinkle in time. time but yeah do you want to see Hur- hurricane i'm totally down for seeing hurricane heist yeah i actually want to see the strangers but I'll go maybe see you could see them both and that's that's that kind of like the, oh okay i'll go see the i'm probably yeah if you guys I go, find a way to go to the Alamo for it. <laughs> yeah. If you guys want it to be the strangers, I'll just deck out because I, I won't enjoy it and it won't be worth my opinion. James, um, what's the motto of the real nerds? No, 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 that's a different thing. I just don't like horror movies for the most part, and I and and am uncomfortable with the first strangers. Like, like watched it and didn't finish it because I was like, no, nah, this is not my cup of tea. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just gonna pull a Ryan and agree to see something, but see something else. Yeah, exactly. That's totally. why I would just go see Hurricane Heist, and then you all could listen to me explain what happens in Hurricane Heist because I'm pretty excited about that. No, we can see Hurricane Heist. I think it looks so stupid. It looks awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna fool you all and go see Early Man. <laughs> all right. Oh, the Ardman film. Yeah. So yeah, Hurricane Heist next week. Wow, will be our feature movie. We're gonna oh make it gosh. rain. Thanks for listening, Corinne. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks as always, again, guys. Do you think the hurricane's gonna have sharks in it? I, that'd be amazing. <gasps> and they sharks. eat the the money like Pac Man. Oh. What if it was a giant squid instead? Ooh, that'd be good too. <laughs> All animals, starfish, cracking. throw like ninjas, what stars. Out if of it's the, the Titanic that's been exposed <gasps> oh! to toxic waste and oh. is now like sentient and alive, oh. it's a transformer. Wait, it's not a Roland note, Emmerich though. movie though. So, might side note, Michael Bay, take a note. Robotic Titanic in the next Transformers movie. Oh, that's the best way to make James Cameron hate you. <laughs> that's or... The best, or that's the best way for Michael Bay to go out on the highest note possible of ridiculousness because everyone's going to fucking kill him after trying no, to do something I think like that. that. Brilliant. <laughs> or maybe it's an Ocean's Eleven style movie where they go and rob the University of Miami. Ooh. Right? <laughs> Hurricanes. <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. 
And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.